Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Madden Voice. 
My brother, pleasure being here, J to the B. You know how we do it on a Tuesday night. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. And the other guy joining us may have just a little bounce in his step this week. He, this may be a new K-Star this week. This may be, I mean, we may go from one week where K-Star just sounded like he was just ready to just, I don't know, maybe maybe even become a Cowboy fan. And all of a sudden, maybe, I don't know, let's, let's find out. Let's see if one week has brought K-Star back. This is the man, one of the best Madden players in the world. This guy, go ahead and Google him. Madden Nation Season 4, checking on iTunes, YouTube, all that good stuff. Ali Quick on Twitter. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. Not only one of the you know, best Madden players in the world, but, but a fan of the best franchise in the world, ladies and gentlemen, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your six-time world champions. Hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I, can, I can tell this is going to be a good show. Actually, correct. This is... This is this is this is a different case star already. Already, this is a different case star. Already. That's so you right. know what we're gonna do? You know how we're gonna start the show? Because we can. We're gonna start the show with K Star's rant and the state of the Steelers after K Star sat through three hours of this last week. How about them cowboys? I figure I can at least allow him to start the show with an update on his Steelers and his assessment. You know, the question that I hope he addresses on his rant is, is this smoke and mirrors? Kind of almost a bona fide or bona front, if you will. Or is this the Steelers making their move to reclaim their position in this division and in this conference? K-Star, the floor is yours. Well, I'll put it like this. Um, the Steelers, even last night in the first quarter, hell, even most of the second quarter, we all thought that, you know, the Steelers were dead. They couldn't stop anyone. They couldn't put a point. But then the Steelers reminded the NFL just how magical they are as a franchise. 24 points in less than three minutes, and just suddenly, just like that, the world, the sky, it was sunny again. The clouds parted. The rain subsided. And here we are with Ben Roethlisberger throwing touchdowns like he normally would do. With Le'Veon Bell proving that he is one of the best young backs in the league. And with Antonio Brown dominating, as he does week in, week out. And, again, the, def- the defense getting stops. And when you, when you couple that in with the fact that the Bengals, the Browns, uh, you know, lost for the weekend, then you have what we call a rebirth. And it is great. It is terrific. And, yes, they are absolutely back because they're getting Ryan Shazier back, first-round pick that the Steelers actually took from the Dallas Cowboys Uh he, I'm sure as you remember, as the, the Dallas Cowboys had his name all queued up, ready to go, and the Steelers swapped. And I'm okay. And, 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 and I am, of course. Of course, you guys are doing great. Date, Whatever. Well, up to this date, yeah. hasn't phased us even a little bit, but go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. But let it pay dividends for us because this, we're going to need him this Sunday against the Colts uh, because that's going to be a true barometer. So some people can say right now that's smoke and mirrors, and I know and I understand some people's skepticism. But we are 4-3, and three, and we still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And so we'll see what happens this Sunday against the Colts. I feel terrific today. I feel absolutely terrific. Well, you know, I will. I will say this: um, that that three minute, two minute, three minute. I didn't know what I was watching. I've watched a lot of football in my life, and anybody who doesn't believe in momentum, watch that three minutes because that was 100% momentum. The snowball was going down the hill and it wasn't stopping. I mean, it was, it was really something to behold. And, and that's why my question is, are the Steelers really just a, a, a fluke kind of victory based on three minutes that really has never happened before. 
You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, statistically, this has not happened before. If, if, if I if if I remember ESPN uh, saying it the fastest, you know, twenty four points in history or something like that, or second fast or something, just some outrageous statistic on what happened with the turnovers and the touchdowns that the Steelers were given. But this case that even you have to even you have to admit, the first you know twenty seven minutes of this game wasn't looking very good for your Steelers. Uh, no, it, it looked terrible. We couldn't get a stop. We couldn't stop the run. We couldn't rush the quarterback, and we were sloppy on offense. Uh, what I will say, though, is despite the magical three minutes the Steelers had, they were on the brink of something similar to this, not quite to that degree, because the Steelers going into this game had the fourth-ranked offense, guys. It's just the fact of the matter is they couldn't put the points together in the red zone, and that certainly changed uh, last night. So, I mean, it left me encouraged. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to segue into my MVP because it's relevant to this discussion. Um, and, and for those fans out there listening, if you want to call in, uh, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, The Madden Voice. And if you're listening on uh, on iTunes or on Stitcher, welcome to the show. Um we do a set, we do an MVP, but one of the conditions is you can't pick your own someone from your own team. I mean, it's kind of we do that every week. So I my MVP, and I think the man that K Star and everyone in Pittsburgh should be con- con- thanking is Bill Cower, because I'm going to tell you what happened. Bill Cower called that team out. Now, for those of you who are not football aficionados, I'm sure K Star will will back this up. Bill Cower is a legend. In Steelerland, that is a legend, a Super Bowl winner, only the second head coach in the history of that franchise, and some would even say Mike Tomlin's one Super Bowl win was really done with Cowers players. So this is a guy who is a legend when he speaks, people listens. Well, him and Hines Ward called the Steelers out last week, called them soft. Now, when the guy who used to head your franchise, who won a Super Bowl, who taught your head coach everything he knows and has a reputation of being a hard coach, hard, hard nose, you know, in your face coach says that you're soft. You don't think that didn't just reverberate through that whole franchise? Even Tomlin, who said, oh, it's like elevator music, did make a little comment like, well, yeah, we hear them. There was a little comment of, I hear what he's saying. He didn't say it was true, but he heard him. And I'm telling you, this team woke up. And I'm telling you, what I saw from the team, especially in the second half, when, it, when, it, when, it, when, it, when they realized they actually had this game won, all of a sudden, boy, oh, boy, Troy Palomalu looking like five years ago. Right, you're seeing you're seeing guys hitting. We're seeing we're seeing plays being made. We're seeing Fitzpatrick under pressure. All of a sudden, the Steelers defense, even with the injuries and much blind Steelers defense, all of a sudden looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. I'm telling you what happened. Cower underneath all of that. Just for one week, we're still kind of coaching that team. Just for one game, his voice reverberated through Steeler Nation, and maybe it was to prove him wrong. That's okay. He's a stealer. He don't mind. Y'all got a much-needed win. Probably saved your season. So my MVP is Bill Carr. I'm not going to say Heinz Ward as much because he's a teammate. He don't have the same oomph as Bill Cower does when he says it. Uh, I mean, that's a good choice. Bill Cower, like you said, I mean, they definitely all heard it. You know, a couple of players still play for the Steelers in which Bill Cower coached. I'm sure they were offended, Ben especially. 
But, you know, it's it's one of those things where Bill Cowell, one of the best motivational uh, coaches of all time, you know, it, I feel like that's, try, you know, him trying to kind of get under the skin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, his current team, and, you know, try to motivate them from afar, you know, vicariously even. Uh, and he definitely did that. And I, mean, I am very thankful for it because you're, you're right, they actually did finally make plays offensively, which you haven't seen in a while. It was needed. Yeah. JB, so you had said that the Steelers were maybe the worst team in that division. And you did say maybe. What are your thoughts? Did this game, in your opinion, change anything? Or was this a one-week anomaly and the Steelers are still in trouble? You know, I, I still believe it's a one-week anomaly. I need to see something consistent because, and it's already been touched on, the last three minutes of that first half was absolutely crazy. I was I was up. I was watching it. Um, I was medicated and still couldn't believe what I was seeing. You subtract does that three-minute blitzkrieg, and you got a different ball game. And to your right, momentum is a scary thing. It's a big thing. It's real. Uh, we saw it firsthand. And if they can string something more consistent together, you might have my ear. But right now, I still feel even – I think in that division, they're still looking up at everybody else. Well, you know, I that will is- say this. I will say this, though, K-Star, about your team. This this win is huge because now you're at 4-3. and three. You've got Indy and you've got Baltimore. Now, you guys are going to compete, but let's just hypothetically say you were to lose those games. You're at 4-5. and five. If you had lost last night, 3-6. and six. I mean, 4-5 and five and 3-6 and six is two worlds. They're two worlds apart. So and I'm not saying you're going to lose each, both those games because you're, you're home and, you know. But, but I'll tell you, to go into those two tough back-to-back games, and one being a division game, and, you know, to go into those at four and three, that last night was a huge win to keep your season kind of, you know, to, to keep it possible, to keep your hopes of, uh, you know, get, getting getting to the playoffs. I mean, it absolutely did. You know, last night was – it was a monster game for us. We absolutely needed it. Um, I got to respond, though, to JB. That, that's ridiculous, man, because here's what you're doing. You're basically – acknowledging the three minutes as three minutes of fluke. And while it was absolutely a blitzkrieg, let's not pretend the Steelers didn't make plays within those three minutes. Let's not pretend that the Steelers didn't manufacture those plays themselves as it kickstarted with a 45-yard reception from the great, as I keep trying to tell you guys, Le'Veon Bell. And let's not act like Antonio Brown doesn't make plays like he always has done. I mean, this, the Steelers are a team that, that feature – uh, a top five, arguably, player at each position right now, currently in NFL, uh, offensively. With Ben Roethlisberger, you could argue that. You know, with Antonio Brown, I mean, I don't really think it's an argument. And, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, leading the league in uh, total yards, right behind DeMarco Murray. Uh, he's the only other guy in the NFL with seven games this year, with 100-plus scrimmage yards, aside from DeMarco Murray. So, I, I just think that's a tad bit disrespectful, especially when you look at the way Cincinnati's played these last few weeks offensively, uh, I don't know how much of the game you saw against Indianapolis, but they could not move the ball at all, not even a little bit. It was bad. No, I, I still stand with what I say. Uh, the, yes, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell is the MVP of that team right now, and he played terrific. But, again, seeing those last three minutes of that particular quarter reminded me a lot of watching San Francisco against Dallas in the first half. And I don't think anybody could really say San Francisco is that good and Dallas is that bad. And I, I don't think anybody can say Pittsburgh is that good and the Texans are that bad. When you turn the ball over consecutive times like that, deep in your own territory, 
you should score. I'm sorry. You should score. You should put points on the board. You should capitalize on the on the opponent's mistakes. And that's what they did. They should, and they're doing it at home. Now, my whole thing is you take that out of the equation. What do you have? And I'm not as convinced as you are because those things don't always happen. It's it's We've already said it. We, when has that happened before? I can't remember. That. Yeah, right. The three-minute span has happened quite in quite some time. But what I'm trying to remind you, though, is this is, again, coming into this game, the fourth-ranked offense. It was only a matter of time before they started putting things together, and we saw it last night. And also, we saw the, the debut of Martavius Bryant, uh, fourth-round picks out of Clemson, who played alongside Jimmy Watkins, get deep for a touchdown. Uh, watch out for him. He could emerge to be a, a nice deep the threat to see or sorely need opposite side Antonio Brown, there are some well, very positive things to take from this game. Well, but let's not forget, though, just to kind of – I mean, I think I think JB makes a valid point that that three minutes, you can't under underemphasize because for the previous 27, what did you do with all your superstar players on offense? Not a damn thing. So let's slow your roll for a minute. Before the turnovers in uh, deep in Texan territory, y'all didn't do anything for 27 minutes. And then next thing you know, you get 21 points. Bam, bam, bam. And the game's, it's a completely different game. You got momentum, you got confidence, and you're playing at home. So now the crowd's into it. And you guys do play well at home on Monday night. So facts are facts. And just, just, you know, you're the top five king. Everybody is a top five. Bell is a top five running back statistically right now, and Peterson is out of the league, so I'll, I'll give you that. Um, Brown is a top five a wide receiver right now based on performance. Absolutely. Okay, he's playing very well. I'll give you that. Roethlisberger right now is not a top five quarterback. I'm sorry. He's just not. No, no, no. I, I, I'm saying arguably. I'm saying that you can see him play. He, the point is he can play close enough to the point where he can you know, play at that standard. He's still a very, and, and, very every, good very every good starting quarterback. quarterback in the That's in the every division. starting quarterback. We're, we're, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer had a great game the week before, and what he did. Hold on, every don't, starting don't, quarterback. don't do that. That's just disrespectful. My, my, my point is, every starting quarterback in the NFL can have a good game. I'm saying is this year Ben ain't even close to top five. Will he get there? We'll see. But right now, he's not even in that conversation. He, he's no, but not. he's definitely the best quarterback in this division, and I think that will. Again, it's a long season. We'll I, 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 I don't. I, I. I. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know that I'd say he's better than Flacco right now. If you're talking historically, yes. If you're talking this year, if you're talking this year, no. I'd go with Flacco over Ben right now this year. Okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, well, again, it's early. We'll, we the, the next two games oh, it, 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 at, at home. home. At home. We're, we're seven out of seventeen weeks, and seven for most of the teams. Some have had buys. But most of the teams have played seven out of seventeen games, so we're almost at the midpoint. Seven, you know, no, seven games but, down. So it ain't all that but, early now. We almost halfway this, through this this, this this race. Right, but this is a game again that can change the momentum of this season. And with that said, I, I feel that with some of the players the Steelers are coming back, like Ryan Shazier, Travis Jones, that we'll see a much better Steelers team. And again, I'd say it's so early. We'll see what happens in the AFC North. But I just the Browns. Come on, guys. I, I actually told you this last week that they that had a chance to lose to the Jacks because it's still the Browns. This is Brian Hoyer. This is ridiculous. We'll we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't I would I would I wouldn't sleep on them. You know what I mean? I mean, y'all barely beat them. You know, um, in in your first game, and they spanked you in the second game. So I mean, 
I mean, you know, I would, you know, kind of, you can't, you can't say it's just the Browns when you went one on one with them yourself. And the second game, they murderized you. And had you come, in, had you come in here saying, I can't defend Mike Tomlin anymore. This is ridiculous. I can't, I, you know. So, you know, you you you've gone from you know one end to the other in one week. Last week you were right there yeah, saying, yeah. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Now all of a sudden it's just the Browns. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, I know. The reason why it was embarrassing is because of the Browns. Again, the Steelers should have lost the Browns the way they did. I don't care what anyone says. That's ridiculous. And you saw that again this week why they shouldn't have lost the Browns the way they did. You saw what the Browns did at Jacksonville. So, I, I mean, I don't feel bad at all for what I said. I stand by it. That was embarrassing you, loss to and, the Browns. And, 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 and you should stand by it simply because I think the Browns are better than you're giving them credit for. I think your division is going to be a very tightly contested division. So, I don't Browns are going anywhere. They had a bad game. You know, everybody has one. They had one. Let's see what they do. Um, you know, Bengals are going to get A.J. Green back. Let's not forget, you talk about top five wide receivers. He's in that conversation. So, you know, let's see what he brings to, to the Bengals. So, I mean, you know, let, 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 you know this, this, this race ain't over. You know, you guys had a, had a, a great three-minute spin that might have saved your season temporarily. But a lot of people are still saying the Steelers are – you know, they just not they don't have enough. And you know, now now you talk about Shazier. How long has he been out? Four weeks since the Carolina game. Since the big okay. one at Carolina. So he so ain't done anything yet. First round draft pick, but he ain't done anything yet. So let's see, right? Because he ain't done anything. Yeah, I, I agreed. Right. Let's see. All right, let's, let's see. Let's see what he does. All right. Um, JB. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I almost don't even care about this, but I guess it is news, so we'll talk about it. Uh, Percy Harvin got traded. Um, there's been a lot of information that has surfaced during and after the trade. He is now a Jet. And, um, Jay, what are your thoughts on uh, a, a guy who really didn't help the Seahawks um, make it to the Super Bowl, but certainly, you know, was, was a, a, you know, a factor? Um, let's just face it. The, guy, the guy's talented. I mean, the guy's talented, and yet they shipped him out. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's definitely talented, no no doubt about it. He's one of the more explosive players in the league. I think it's more – the trade is more about, to me, and, and I talked about this a few weeks back, about the Jets and their ineptitude to score during free agency. I think this is more about uh, is it trying to really show up Rex Ryan trying to say, here, I'm giving you a nice, shiny toy. I gave you a couple of nice, shiny toys in, in Avery, or uh, excuse me, Chris Ivory and Decker, and we're still one in six. I think it speaks more to him trying to just save his own behind and look nice than it does anything else. I really don't think it, it, it's going to make that big of a difference because you still have to figure out how you're going to get him involved heavily in the offense, how you're going to scheme for him, and you got to have consistency up front. And I don't know if they have all those different pieces together to have him showcase his talents the way he would like to. Hmm. Okay, Star, your thoughts on the Jets acquiring Percy Harvin? Yeah, Percy had, uh, was upset playing at Seattle. I can only imagine how upset he's going to be playing with Rex Ryan and the Jets. You know, I mean, goodness. This guy apparently is the, the biggest cancer since nicotine and Marvel packs of cigarettes. One of the summits you know, I, I've read on him. Um, and, you know, I, and for me it's funny because, again, if you can't play with, with Russell Wilson, who seems like an even-keeled uh, guy as, long, as well as a great quarterback, if you can't play with him, if you get in arguments with him 
I mean, how are you going to play with Geno Smith? I mean, Geno Smith's a guy who we, we've seen has some short fuse as it is. You know, he's been going on cussing on tirades for fans and, and things, you know, uh, of the, people like that. So, again, it's just – I think it's a great uh, great thing for Seattle because if he causes that much disruption, then good. Get him out of here. Seattle's won before with Doug Baldwin on the outside and curse and running the ball anyway, so whatever. You know, I'll be brief, but, you know – do, do these guys not watch or follow sports? You know, especially if you're a pro football player, shouldn't you be a student of the game? And I don't just mean the on-field game. You should be a good businessman because obviously you're going to be making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. You should understand the history of the game. You should understand the history of your position. You should also understand the history of team sports. And the NFL is littered with stories of talented guys that were locker room cancers that went nowhere. Where's Alfred Hainsworth today? We don't know. Right? You know, and I can I can go on and on, and I won't waste the listeners' times, but there are tons of players that were talented, and yet they allowed their attitudes, their egos, their mouths to get in the way, and it cut their career short. And I believe Percy Harvin's going to be in that discussion very soon. I don't think, I don't think this is going to last. You are who you are. I don't think this is going to be a new beginning. He's got a history of this, of disruption. It happened to him in college, from what I understand. It's happened to him at the Vikings. It's happened to him with Seattle. I mean, if you're with the Super Bowl champs and you can't keep your nose clean and you're still creating trouble, then how is it going to be when you go to play for a Jets team that is, what are they, one in six? or um, Yeah, one in six. So, you know, their adversity isn't going, isn't going away. So I don't get it. I don't get why the Jets signed them. I can see why Seattle got rid of them. And, you know, I used to be of a mindset that talent mattered more than anything else. I, I, I gave that up when the Cowboys let T.O. go. As everybody knows, he was one of my favorite players, still is. He learned his lesson too late. But you have to be able to be a team player. You have to be able to know your role, as The Rock would say. Know your role. You have to. You could be a superstar, but you're still on a team. Percy, I don't think, got it. And I, I, will, I will predict that by the end of the year, um, we'll hear more. This ain't over with Percy Harvin. So, good luck to you. You now go from the front pages. You go from the front pages to the back pages now because you went from the Seahawks, defending Super Bowl world champions, to the Jets, who are sinking fast. Good luck to you. Go ahead, K Star. I was just going to say, and um, you want to talk about cancers and comparing players? Well, Percy, you're not even a Troll Owens. I'm sure you're young enough and old enough uh, to know what happened with Troll Owens and some of the you know tribulations and problems he got into. And you're not even half the player he is. So shut up. Do your thing. You're talented. Show it. True. Man, True. And man. the sad thing about all of this is the dude is young. He is. He's only like 26, I believe. He's got a lot of football in front of him. And to go to all places, he's going to New York where everything is going to be scrutinized. If he sneezes wrong, they're going to get on him. New York fans can be strong on you. And now he's bringing this baggage going to New York. It's going to be real interesting to see how he handles being with the Jets. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Let's segue right into the Seahawks. 
Jay, I'm going back to you on this one too. Seahawks lost two in a row to three and three. You know, and, I, and something in me has to refer to Aaron Rodgers because this year I'm on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon this year. Okay, I've never been on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon. Wait a minute, well, how does Aaron Rodgers compare to the Seahawks? Where are you going with this, Commissioner T? The Packers came out of the gate one and two. Everybody was worried about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers got up there and said, I got five letters for you. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be all right. And there's just a swagger about that that I got to love. There's just just like a like a silent assassin. Just like, you know, he just sat there and he just said, hey, hey, it's going to be okay, guys. I got this. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. Got you. And then what did he go and do? Led that team to four in a row. Playing lights out, mind you. Not just, you know, manning the ship. He's running that ship. And something inside me feels like maybe Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, maybe somebody over there needs to do that too. Maybe Russell Wilson needs to step up. Maybe Beast Mode needs to stop not talking to the media and say, I don't know, maybe Pete Carroll. But they have the talent. But the question is, is someone going to take the helm and say relax? Or are we seeing in a very tough division – is this the beginning of the end for the Seahawks now? JB, your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm I'm so somewhat on that same level as you are, T. I think somebody needs to step up, and I think if anybody that's going to step up, I think it's Russell Wilson that's going to take over and really galvanize the team, if at all possible. On the flip side of that, however, it seems like the problem, dare I say, seems more on the defensive side than the offensive side. They don't have the same players that they had last year. The players that they lost outside of Golden Tate were all on the defense. And to give up, I think it was 28 points to the Rams, and then give up, I don't know how many, they gave up 30 to Dallas playing at home. And uh, that's where I would have a little bit of concern and trepidation. And uh, given the fact that you've got San Francisco and Arizona above you, and Arizona's playing quite well, mind you, um, so I'm, I'm I'm teetering. I'm 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 between panic and I'm between relax. But Russell Wilson has got to be the one to galvanize the team. K Star, I'm just I'm, I'm marinating on a point. But K Star, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about the Seahawks at all. I'm really not. Uh, you know, we talk about how they gave 28 um, last game, but you know, 14 of those points are from special teams. The Rams got off to a nice start offensively first quarter, but, you know, the Seahawks started to reel it in, started locking up on defense. You saw Russell Wilson do his thing. And I think you're going to see that uh, in the second half of the season. I think that people are panicking right now, but they're a great team. The Dallas game, listen, they got punched in the mouth. The Dallas is off of the line. We'll punch everyone in the mouth right now, so whatever. Um, but we saw it took everything in the bag of tricks for the Rams to pull this game out, literally every last thing they had, and they still – almost choked it away. The Seahawks will be fine. Well, you know, the point I was marinating is how much is on coaching. I'm not going to hold them against the Dallas game because, wow, you had won 19 out of the previous 20. Dallas a year ago stunk. You didn't expect that. They've been playing better. All right, everybody has – I'll say, hey, Dallas had a half against San Francisco. I'm waiting for Dallas to have that bad game and for everybody to jump off the bandwagon because it's going to happen. Dallas is going to have a bad game this year, and everybody's going to jump off the bandwagon except me. So I'm okay with that. That didn't change my position on Seattle. This game doesn't change my position on Seattle, 
But I get concerned now when, and I know K-Star is going to talk about the Rams special teams, but when you're getting out coach, this is a division game. You just lost a game at home, and people were questioning your toughness because you were actually out physical. And you go into St. Louis. This was the game I thought Seattle would reclaim. Yep, we're back on track. We, we stumbled against Dallas, and maybe we'll see them in the postseason. But we're back on track. And I expected them to smack the living crap out of St. Louis. And that didn't happen. And so that concerns me. You come off a loss and you lose to a division opponent, that was the game you needed to step up and flex, and instead, they beat you. And there was some coaching involved in this, too. I'm going to let K-Star talk about that a little bit later. But, but, but I'm a little worried about Seattle right now. The only thing is, 49ers got smacked pretty good by Denver, and I still don't believe in Arizona. Now, Arizona comes to Jerry World in, uh, next, uh, in, in, in about a week and a half. So maybe they'll make me a believer if they come in to Jerry Roll and stomp on Dallas. Okay, then I'll be a believer. But right now, I'm, I just don't think they're the best team in their division. I still think Seattle's the best team in that division. I still think the 49ers are the second best team in that division. And I think it's close between them two. And then I think Arizona is the third best. I still think Arizona falls a little short right there. And my and, and the, the, the place I look at the most is the quarterback. Because Carson Palmer ain't never won anything. And I don't know that he can do it down there. I just don't. Maybe he can, and I'll be proven wrong. But right now I'm I'm still I'm still I'm still not there. So we'll see. My opinion though, I don't think the Seahawks are in trouble, but they 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 need to wake up. They need to wake up. And I think they can, and I agree with Jay. I think Russell Wilson needs to do an Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson needs to say, I got this, guys. He needs to go in that locker room and say, We're the defending Super Bowl chance. We're not having a hangover. We're gonna play some football. If if they can. <laughs> Sometimes you want to when you just can't. So we'll see. Uh next question's for K Star. K Star's home is in Indianapolis. He's seen probably more Peyton Manning games than all of us. Peyton Manning, congratulations. Happens to be Dr. Train's MVP for setting the record. Um, he did it in 56 less games than Brett Favre, and this is after missing a whole season with his neck, and he still took the record out. Um, 510 touchdown passes, which is just insane. I remember when Dan Marino had the record. You know, I mean, it's just an insane record. But the question, K-Star, is... Peyton Manning, the best ever. Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? <sighs> Peyton Manning is the epitome of greatness. Peyton Manning is the NFL's lead leading passer in NFL history, but he is not the greatest player or quarterback in NFL history. And it's only because of that playoff record and that playoff resume that leaves a bad face in everyone's mouths. That leaves that befuddled look on Peyton's face when you see him in a lot of these playoff games. And that leaves a lot of people, um, you know, trying to explain, trying to defend. But the reality of the situation is, you know, there are quarterbacks in, in NFL lore who are terrific, who are some of the best, you know, Tom Brady, uh, Joe Montana, John Elway, who have better overall uh 
you know, bodies of work. I'm not saying John Elway does. I think Peyton's better, but you get the point. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, I think you always argue the other way. And if the thing, the fact of the matter is it's arguable. And the reason why it's arguable is only because, guys, it's only because Peyton's play in the postseason isn't as excellent, isn't as great as it is in the regular season. And because of that, that's why there's that blemish is, and that's why there's only that one Super Bowl ring and a whole lot of other failures in between. And I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. Well, uh, but but you can't say it. But the way you're saying it is only because – well, that's significant. He's got 23 playoff games. He's won 11 and lost 12. I, I'm sorry. You don't you don't become the greatest ever with that kind of postseason record. You've been to three Super nope. Bowls. You've won, you've won one and lost two. I'm sorry you don't become the greatest quarterback ever with that record. I don't care how many passing records you have. It's kind of like what they say about Dan Marino. You know, guy made it to one Super Bowl and lost. Second year in the NFL, never went back. So when you talk about the greatest quarterbacks, you don't hear Dan Marino in that conversation. When you talk about the greatest passers of the football, oh, yeah, that's that little category they carve out for losers. These are losers. So, oh, he was a great passer. Dan Marino, oh, my God, he was a great passer. Yeah, but he didn't win. Peyton Manning has done has won some, so at least he can be in the conversation. But that's it. That's all he gets. He gets to be in the conversation because he has won some postseason game. He has won a Super Bowl, and he does have records, and he'll probably get a few more before he retires. So that means we can talk about it and, and, and feel comfortable putting him in the conversation. But I'm sorry. That's as far as I'll go. I, I don't think there's anything he can do uh, at this point in his career to convince me that he's the greatest ever. I don't think in my mind he could ever overtake Joe Montana. And frankly, at this point, I don't even think he can overtake Tom Brady, who's been to five Super Bowls and won three. So I think those are two that come to mind. And I could probably I could probably throw in a, a Cowboy quarterback in that conversation too, but I, I'll, I'll hold off on that. But those two come to mind right now. JB, your thoughts on Peyton Manning, greatest ever. Well, I mean, both of you have hit the nail on the head. I can't disagree with that whatsoever. I think in, in this particular instance, quarterbacks get a, a little bit of a raw deal because it's one of the sports where you don't play both sides of the ball. Basketball, you're playing offense and defense. Baseball, you're playing offense and defense. Football, nowadays, you play on one side of the ball. So you only have control of the offense. doesn't really have control over what happens on the defensive side. With that being said, I completely agree. I, I would put Joe Montana as the best, not just for wins and losses, but, I mean, how he has orchestrated and dominated every time he has gone to the Super Bowl. He has stood out head and shoulders. Is Peyton Man in top five? Yeah. Is he in the conversation of best of all time? He's in the conversation, but he doesn't get my vote, strictly because of his playoff record. So you're both right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, but I do want to piggyback this topic because and – I, and, I, and I do I do wish that Dr. Train was on because I think he would probably uh, have a fit of what I'm about to say. But he's not, and he'll listen to the podcast and maybe take me to task next week. Um, and, of course, I have my other two co-hosts here. But, you know, this season, this season, there's a new four horsemen. There's a new four horsemen. It is no longer – Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and um, um, who did I miss? Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. No, no more. Um, Peyton Manning is still one of the four horsemen. 
Aaron Rodgers is still one of the four horsemen. I'm sorry, Tom and Drew. You guys don't deserve it this year. You, you just don't. You're not playing at that level to be four oh, horsemen. Oh, man. You're, you're just not. Right now, Phillip Rivers, and I am not a Phillip Rivers fan, but the guy's playing insane. And my man, Tony Romo, this year. That's your four horsemen. This oh. Year. That's your guys, four stop horsemen. Stop it. I got to stop this production right now. That's you your not, four horsemen. You did not just do that. I you know who you left out? You know who you left out? Team. Andrew and Luck. This is a problem. Yeah. Andrew Luck. You left out Andrew and, Luck. And, and you know what? And you know what? And we can't and, have and, and, and you know what? And and I'm okay if you want to replace somebody with luck. That's your decision to do so. You can do that. I don't have a problem with that. But my four horsemen are the four I just mentioned. Luck would be number five if we had a five horseman. I do think that Luck's been playing a high level and deserves to be in that conversation. So believe it or not, case I'm not going to disagree with you. But I don't know who I would re- who would you replace? Who are you going to take I would out? Replace, I, I would replace Romo and Rivers, honestly. And I would definitely replace... You're smoking something. Uh, what are you, what are you, what are you I'm not. No, I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, listen, listen. No, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, absolutely. Because here's the thing. Romo is playing very good. But he, right now, is, 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 is the beneficiary of an incredible run game. And he's doing his part. He's doing terrific. But Andrew Luck is spearheading this whole thing to Indianapolis. But I'm telling you, this team... That the Indianapolis Colts have is is, is okay. Vander Luck is making that thing work, man. Okay, like okay. himself. So 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 so, so all so, on him. You you are smoking something really strong because you're you're like I don't know what you're watching on TV that you're like just following. It's just all about the well, run. It's all about the well, run. Uh, Tony, Tony Romo's stats on third downs in the second half are insane. Listen. Insane. Okay? On third I'm downs. I'm not disputing that. I am not okay, disputing that. You cannot sit here and say Andrew Luck is not being playing better than Tony. Here's the thing. I, I was See, certainly let's, let's, let's this. Without, without hesitation, Tony Romo is playing better than Andrew Luck. That's not even a – I can't even believe. This, this, I can't this, even this, believe this, that you're going to sit there and tell me. You're, 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 you're delusional. You, you, no, 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 no. Listen, the fact that you Romo is playing better than, than Andrew Luck right now is, is absurd. Absolutely. It is disgusting. You can't give me it. one stat to back that. You can't give me one. Give me one. Uh, I'll touch that. It's about passing yards. How about, how about oh, uh, because passing so he throws the ball offense. more, that means he plays better? Because he throws yeah, the ball more. Yeah, he's playing better. He's play, yes, he's put up more yards, more bodies, put up more touchdowns. Oh, so more yards. Oh, so more yards mean you play better. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. What's I didn't the, realize the that we ran quarterbacks the, based on yards. Hold I on, didn't realize. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'll put it like this. Tony Romo. Okay. The the MVP of the Cowboys right now is it Demarco Murray? Or is it Tony Romo? Right now it's Demarco Murray. Okay. Well, listen. If if MVP voting were today, I think, and you can tell me if you disagree, I don't see why you would, but, you know, it's between DeMarco Murray, it's between Andrew Luck, it's between Aaron Rodgers, and it's between J.J. Watt. Peyton Manning as well, but, you know, that bothers me. Yeah, I disagree. I think Tony Romo deserves to be in that conversation. I think what Romo has done in the second half, how many games have the Cowboys had to come back from behind? How many third? They're leading the league in third downs because of Romo. The average third down they're converting is third and eight. That's not running the ball. That's Tony Romo. His second half QBR 
in the entire, on all seven games, QBR, ESPN's rating, which goes up to 100, is 95. He leads the NFL. Dude, you are underestimating what Romo is doing because Murray is getting all the press because Murray is a monster. But Romo is playing out of mind. Period. I'm not disputing he's not playing great. I'm not disputing that. I'm not taking that away from him. So because I don't have throw the ball more, he's playing better? Because Bart, it's, it's because it's all on Buck's shoulders is what I'm trying to tell you. So, so, so Matt he Forte doesn't have that offensive line in that running game to rely on. Who's a better receiver, Matt Forte or Antonio Brown? I'm sorry? Who's a better receiver, Matt Forte or Antonio Brown? Or Julio Jones or Des Bryant? Who's a better receiver? Between Matt Forte, I'm yeah. confused. Well, I don't understand what between Matt Forte, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown. Antonio Des Brown. Des Bryant, yeah. Uh, it's, it's Des Bryant. Oh, okay. So, and then, and then who's next after Des, in your opinion? Well, I think the best overall is Demarius right now, uh, since Calvin's okay. sideline. Oh, well, who's leading the league in receptions right now? Antonio Brown. No, Matt Forte. Sorry. That's a running Forte. back. That's a running back. He's leading the league that's in reception. That's what confuses me right off the top. Why does that have to do with based it? On, so based on what you're saying, because he's leading the league in receptions, he's the best receiver. He's playing. No. He's playing the, no, no, no. Listen, don't put my word. Andrew Luck. It, listen, Andrew Luck is the Indianapolis Colts. He is the reason why they've been successful. He is. Drive, he is the driving force between before their wins, before their win streak. Don't disagree with any of that. He's the MVP on that team, hands down, and he is in the discussion. I'd say top ten MVP in the league discussion. But to say that he's playing better than Romo simply because he throws the ball more is insane. That I, that is one of the most ridiculous he, statements. He, it, ever it's seen. not insane because he's having to do more because he's a has to mark he's a has to mark Murray in that run game and off the line. He's a very bad offensive line actually. As a matter of fact, it's I remarkable what he does. Why does that make him better? Because he has to do more. Isn't it about efficiency? When you are called upon, you do your job. He's called upon more, so that makes him better. Romo does what he is supposed to do. On he, thir- you've he, seen the plays. You've seen, and they're six and he's one. He's terrific. I'm not taking anything from Romo. I'm simply trying to say I think the fact that Andrew Luck is in years and that you're putting Romo ahead of Andrew Luck to me is a problem because Andrew Luck has been just nothing short of fantastic uh, right. and arguably MVP like this year. Yeah. And, and what about and what about um? So so where does where does Philip Rivers sit in all this? Rivers right behind Luck. I think that I feel like the top five course this year, you know, Peyton Rogers, and then you know Luck, and then Rivers, and then Romo. Honestly, I, I just for me Luck is just. I, I mean, I don't know how many goals you've seen this year, but he's just been putting it all on him. Yeah, he's been absolutely terrific. He's been taking his game to a whole another level, and just been absolutely proficient and tremendous. And again, leading the team really that's average everywhere else to him. Uh, being the reason why the Colts are just being so successful because of his just dominance. So because he because he throws for more yards, he he you put him over everybody. You put him over Peyton Manning. No, I'm not putting him over Peyton Manning right now. Why not? Uh, because Peyton Manning same number of touchdowns so, as Peyton, and he throws for more yards. Because Peyton Manning right now, I, I'm not gonna put him over Peyton Manning. I think they're both neck and neck. 
Um, that's why I say I don't think there's a clear cut MVP but, right now. But he does. But, but he does that, more. He does more for his team than Peyton does for Denver. Yeah, no. Listen, here's the problem. You, you can't compare Peyton either because Peyton is the Denver Broncos offense. He is again. The, the, the straw that stirs the drink. Right now, the star, the star that stirs the drink in Dallas is the run game in the, that off the line. It is what it is. And that's why it's, Dallas is so successful this year because they are utilizing that team's strength, which it, it, is the run it, game it, that it, off it, the just line. To cl- just to clarify so that you can be educated on my team, they have a run game behind a proficient offensive line, so it now gives the defense something that they have to defend. In the past, they didn't have to defend. But the reason that Dallas is successful is because there's 22 guys on that team playing some football. Offensive line, Murray, Dez, who was a monster in the second half against the Giants, Romo, and the defense is hitting. So it's not just just to say, well, it's just Murray. It's just narrow-minded. It's more than Murray. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Murray right now is the MVP of that team. What I am saying to you is for you to diminish what Romo is doing, particularly when you, of all people, have been such a Romo basher on this show, and now Romo is playing lights out, and you're sitting there saying, well, you know, I mean, because he's got DeMarco Murray. Oh, so he, he, now he learned how to be a quarterback because he's got DeMarco you, Murray? You take it too far. Here's the thing. First of all, I, I just said it's playing fifth in the league, but you are taking it to another level, which is dangerous. And just honestly misguided and ignorant because Andrew Luck again is at such a higher level than anyone else aside from maybe Rodgers and Peyton Manning. That I just don't understand how you can go against it. What I'm saying with Dallas is, listen, Demarco Murray is on pace for 400 plus carries. That tells one every, thing. That tells you well, one thing. Okay, whatever. If he gets it, he gets it. If you, I mean, that, that's irrelevant to the conversation. The point no, is, on every level of efficiency. Romo is ahead of luck. If you want to measure, so why is he efficient? Is it is it because he's asked because to do he's more? Because he's a damn good quarterback. That that's why. It's not you just that. Like any, that's what, like yes, any, yes, he is. Yes, he is a damn good quarterback. You could put any quarterback back there, and it would be the same. That's insane. What, are you kidding me? I am not. Listen, I'm, this is a ridiculous conversation we're having. I'm it not really bashing is. Romo. I'm not bashing Romo. What You're I'm saying though is, when you when you have less is Luck throws the ball more because his team needs him more, so that means he's better. He's he's playing better than Romo. You're that arguing most... efficiency. I'm trying That's to tell you the reason why Romo's more efficient is because he's doing it less because he's put in better situations right now than what Andrew Luck is doing. But no if you take a condensed... Dude, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. The game against the Giants, they were 9 for 14 on third downs. The average third down that Romo converted was third and nine. Third and nine has nothing to do with DeMarco Murray and the run game. That's Romo. 95 How many yards did DeMarco Murray have? How many yards did DeMarco Murray have that game? 128. And did you see the game? Yeah, he was great. I'm not saying he wasn't great. I'm never not saying this guy is just want to Tony Rose and play great this year. He has. He played. He was the win. Tony Romo was the reason they beat the Giants. Des Bryant had seven catches in the second half, and Romo was throwing that ball like pinpoint accuracy. And Des was yes, he was scooping it up. He absolutely so, was. There, I'm, I'm not arguing like that. Is I am saying the whole season though. That, that, that you can give that one to Romo. I'm saying the whole season is the only reason I close out the wins that they do is because of Andrew Luck. That is all. And that makes, that, that's fine. That makes him the MVP on his team. He can carry his team. Congratulations. Good for him. 
That doesn't mean he's playing better than Romo, who's at 6-1 and one right now. That's crazy. All right. <sighs> uh, that was funny. It's hilarious. JB, is Tony Romo better than Andrew? Is Tony Romo playing at a high level than Andrew Luck this year? You know, I'm going to take my cowboy hat off, and I'm just going to use the the football fan in me, and I'm going to have to say yes. And I I can't disagree with what T said, not because he's my brother, but like I always say, numbers don't lie. If you look at QBR, if you look at third down conversion, if you look at overall passer efficiency, he's got the numbers. Now, if Romo was on pace to throw 700 times and Luck was on pace to throw 700 times, would you have Luck with the better numbers or would you have Romo with the better numbers? Having them throw the same number of times, statistically, Romo would have the better numbers. Now, yes, granted, Luck is asked to do more, but that's irrelevant to who is performing better. And if you're more efficient and you're converting your third downs and you're moving the ball and you're scoring, because that's what the quarterback's job is to do, is to score. And he's able to score just as much as Luck without with less passing attempts. I would have to say, yeah, he is playing better than Luck. So the reason and, why he has and, less passing attempts and less and here, more efficient, though, is because there's a, le- there's a safety okay. in the box. Because then it's not that run game. Here, here is where I'm going to blow up your whole theory. I'm going to blow it up. Because you said you'd put Peyton Manning ahead of Luck. Yeah, if you look at Peyton Manning, if you look at his numbers. No, I said they're Peyton, neck and neck. I said I put one out of the other. Okay. Both. So, so, but, 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 so Romo's not in the conversation, but Peyton Manning is. But if you look at their numbers, Peyton Manning is 149 for 217, 68.7%. And he's thrown for 1,848 yards. Romo, 148 for 214, 69.2%, 1,789 yards. 50 yards difference and... Completion percentage almost identical. Yet, Tony Romo has one more game played. Okay. Okay. That makes a huge difference. Okay. Um, and secondly, guys, the, the I'm not taking anything from Tony Romo. I'm just trying to say is Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck don't have that that awesome running game right now. That's all. That's all. <laughs> You're delusional. Guys throwing 69 How am I delusional? They do not have DeMarco Murray in that, all, that awesome running game right now. That's all I'm saying. They don't have that. K-Star. And that doesn't so matter? That, so that means any quarterback you throw back there is going to play well then, right? So the quarterback doesn't no. matter. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the fact that Andrew Luck and Peyton Man playing so well without that great run game behind them speaks volumes and because I think because they, they don't because, have that awesome okay. threat, so because clearly, they're not able to run play actually. So clearly you're not watching the Cowboy games to see what Romo is doing, so that's why you can say this. You're not watching, because you should watch the game before you come on this show and make statements like Andrew Luck is playing so much better than Tony Romo, and you haven't even watched Romo. Romo is playing out of his mind. I've never seen Romo play this good in his career. And because yes, asking less. Because it has to do less than he's been at. That doesn't, for years. So what? He's still performing. So less is more in this situation for you guys. So, K-Star, so what? Who cares whether he – so he has to pass left. That doesn't I'm not mean, saying that, that that's the right game plan. That is the right game plan. That's what they should do. K-Star, learn from me for once in your life. Learn. Volume doesn't make him better or worse. Efficiency. Who does the job when they're called upon? Period. Andrew Luck is getting the job done. Absolutely. They need to call on him more. I agree with that. 
That doesn't mean he's playing better. That just means there's a problem with that team that could blow up in their face at some point. That's what that means. Dallas has a run game, so they can rely on their run game a little bit more. But when they call on Romo and they need a third down or they need, they need something done, he gets it done every single time. You can't dismiss that, not because, disputing that. That's not what I'm because they've got a guy who on first down will get them five yards and the Colts doesn't. That's not a negative. When Dallas needs Romo, as you saw against Houston on third and 20, as you saw against um, uh, Seattle, he performs. He gets it done. And for you to put in this, this factor. But he's not the MVP is what I'm saying. He's not an MVP candidate right now. Well, I think he's not. DeMarco Murray is. I think, I well, think Murray is too. The question was, who's, is not Damn, who's playing better? Is Luck playing better or is Romo playing better? I think that's the question. Now, going back to what you're saying, K-Star, the Cowboys have a run game. Okay, well, help answer me this question. What happened to Minnesota when, when Adrian Peterson was running for 2,000 yards? They didn't have a quarterback then. They were still losing. So what's the difference? Yeah, he's got a run game now, but he still has to perform. You look at the, the – He has been performing. I never said he has been Right. But you but undervalue his performance because he has a run game. You say it's not as important, and we're trying to show you I'm it is it's not as Im- important. I'm saying it's not as uh, listen. I'm saying he's not as it's not as impressive because when you compare the two players, like hey, who's 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 having a more who's having a better year between Luck and, and Romo, or or who's more uh, viable for MVP, Luck or Romo? Well, it, 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 for it, it's Luck because again, he is required to do more because he doesn't have those other top parts to, to fall back on. And because so of that, he's quarterback rating is nothing then, right? more. Because quarterback rating is supposed to level the playing field. Quarterback rating is supposed to be the guy that you go by to determine performance. So in your mind, that means That's nothing. Not that tell, you. doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the situation. Really? Really? Yes, yeah, it doesn't tell you everything you need to know. It doesn't tell you the fact that you have a great – it doesn't tell you – a, that you're running play action. It doesn't tell you that you have single coverage on the outside because your running game is so effective. It doesn't tell you those type of variables. It only goes into third downs, and it goes I, I, into touch. Oh, my God. All right. All right. We're going to move on. Does it, hold on. QB all have anything to do with that? It does not. I, I, well, I, looking at I, the numbers, I, I see Tony Romo has a rating of 104.7. Andrew Luck has a rating of 100.5. They both are thrown for over 200 attempts so far, and I say that because Russell Wilson only threw thrown 175 times, Carson Palmer's only thrown 112 times. Yet their QBR or not QBR, but excuse me, their uh, rating is higher than Andrew Luck also. So I'm throwing those two out just because they don't have enough pass attempts. But Luck is still behind Romo in that category, as well as the other categories that T had mentioned about third down uh, conversions and QBR overall rating in the second half. Again, the question was, is Luck playing better than Romo or Romo playing better than Luck? That was the original question. I, I, you know, I, I try. I try. I've tried with K-Star for years. And you know what happens? He always comes around later. And I, I'm going to let it go now. And pretty much every time we have these conversations, Cam Newton was going into the Hall of Fame. Ain't heard much of that over the last year and a half. How's your, how's your, how's your boy Cam? Is he going to the Hall of Fame? Now it's he's a good fantasy quarterback, but I'm not hearing the Hall of Fame talk anymore. So I mean, you know, you know, K Star sometimes he takes a while, but I will give him credit that he does get there. 
he does get there. And this one right now, he doesn't see it. Uh, but I'm going to remind him of other things that he didn't see. All right. Obviously, the Steelers going to win this game. They're one defense, uh, total yards and scoring, playing most, one of the most anemic offenses in all of football. Um, the ankle for Big Ben is a lot better than what it was uh, against San Francisco, which is definitely uh, good news. But uh, while we lost Mendenhall, Hall, you know, again, uh, Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown, two prolific receivers for us. Uh, I just don't see how, you know, Tim Tebow and the Broncos can match us point for point. Uh, at, at mile high. Um, again, that offense is just horrendous to begin with, and they're playing against their one defense in the league. Uh, Troy Polamalu, James Harris, Lamar Woolsey, the Cone for you, Tim Tebow. I love you, but not this Sunday. Not this time. So, you know, I haven't played that all year. Mm-hmm. And I figured I'd, you know, uh, you know, K-Star, he'll get there. Right now, you know, he's got his tunnel vision on for Andrew Luck. It's his local quarterback, and that's okay. Um, he'll he'll get there. He'll get there as the season goes on. He'll he'll see what I'm talking about. I, I I'm not worried about it, cause you always come around, K Star. You always come back and say, you know, T, you were right. You know, I gotta give it to you, T. You were right. You know, T. I hate to say this, T, but but you were right. So you know, it, it, it'll happen. So right now, you don't see it my way. That's okay. You'll you'll come around. You will. How about this, Cowboy? All right. <laughs> I'm happy. I don't know how long we have him for, but I just looked at the switchboard, and Dr. Train is taking time away from his conference to call into the Madden Voice, and it's actually perfect timing because we were just about to talk about the Bears. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's up, fellas? You have me for a few minutes before I get to my next game. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> let's jump Let's jump right into the Bears and that disappointing loss and the Brandon Marshall's comments. Give us your thoughts. Ooh, uh... Yeah, I agree with everything Brandon Marshall said. I have none, I have no issue with what he said. Matter of fact, everyone in locker room should feel that way. And and Jay Cutler feels so dismissal with, with how he speaks. I mean, maybe he's just trying to be even kill poker face. But uh yeah, everyone should feel like Brandon Marshall felt. You think it was okay for him to directly or indirectly call out Brandon Marshall or uh, Jay Cutler as he did? I don't have a problem with it. At this point, I don't have a problem with it. Dude, three and four, seriously? With the amount of talent they have on offense, everyone knew they didn't know what to expect from the defense. I mean, guaranteed he wouldn't have got better talent. But, you know, you still have to be a cohesive unit. But the offense hasn't had a year. And they were second in scoring last year. So why are we going backwards? I don't care who gets called out. Everybody gets called out. Mark Tristan needs to get called out. What kind of coaching is he doing? We have Matt Forte and you two carries in the first half? Really? That makes no sense. I mean, you said it last week. You wouldn't even put, uh, when we were talking about uh, MVPs, that you would hardly put DeMarco Murray over Matt Forte. Matt Forte seems to be being under, underutilized. And then he gets put on the back burner anytime Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffries have a big game, as if the amount of yards, as if the rushing game didn't have the uh, effect on that. You know, a startling statistic. Startling statistic for your team is your leading receiver is Matt Forte. I mean that's right. got to that's got to be startling when you have Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, and and Martellus Bennett on on that on that level, and yet mm-hmm. your leading receiver is your running back. You're not just your running back. We're not talking like a um, you know a swing running back whose job is to catch third down passes. We're talking a three-down running back that can run between the tackles, that can get around the edge. I mean, this is a top-level, you know, top-caliber 
you know, running back than any team would love to have, and yet he's your leading receiver? It, it just... <laughs> The problem with it, it just it just it makes me wonder what what truly is our game plan going. And one, it's just definitely got to be to get Matt Forte going. But why aren't Alshon Jeffries and Brandon Marshall repeatedly giving secondary fits along with Martellus Bennett? Why 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 aren't we giving them fits? Now I gave them a pass after they got injured on the first game. The next two games I give them a pass. But you know when you come back and say you're helping, you're ready to go. That's what I expect to see. And we didn't see that against Miami. Why not? We just we just had it the week the week before. Miami secondary is not that great. They got a good front, but secondary and our line to me, all the line is pretty good. Now you're coming yeah. over. Now you now you're seeing the light, my brother. Now you're coming over into my world where I'm saying to you that you, you run. You got two studs out there, two studs. And yeah, you said they were hurt, so okay. But now these guys are healthy. So these guys, those are your studs. You know, there's plenty of there's plenty of teams around the league that you can look at, and, and if one guy is covered, the other guy is open, or he's got one on one, and he goes up and makes a play. You got two six foot four, six foot five guys that could jump through the ceiling, and if Marshall's getting double, doubled, then Jeffrey and vice versa, and yet Forte's your leading receiver. It, it you're right. I agree with you. I, it's kind of what I've been saying all along that something's not right with this game plan because these guys should be these should be your leading receivers. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. and then if and if you're throwing to them, then it's opening up more alleys and lanes for Forte yeah. to run the ball. So are they just not running the ball early enough, Train? Is that what you're basically saying to get Forte going well, until to it's too late? To me, I, I do understand there are some games where you play where you need to pass to open up to run, and then vice versa. But you still, have, no matter what, you still have to keep a defense honest. Two carries within the first half. For a running back of Matt Forte caliber, is is disgraceful. That's disgraceful. You know, so that doesn't make sense to me. So it's like, what are you doing? I know he gives Jay Cutler leeway at the line to call audibles, but really, (laughs) (laughs) probably. But to me, Matt Forte is. I mean. How can I put? I can't. I can't really say you should do one before the other, but overall, what's upsetting is that we were second in scoring last season. This is the second year under this offense, and no one left. We changed no players on offense, so that's complete cohesiveness. All eleven starters are back, and yet we score zero points in the first half. When you guys have had offensive success, though, it's usually started around Forte rushing the ball, right, and then going off play action and all that stuff, or was it just I mean, what's been going on? I mean, we know, you know Forte didn't get the ball a lot. I mean, you got to get credit to Miami because it kind of killed the clock. That game was super quick, by the way, compared to all the other one o'clock games. It went by so fast. Um, but, I mean, you know, when you guys have had successes here offensively, it's and from Forte, you know, getting him going early, correct? Or is it just it is. you know, it is. when Forte gets when Forte gets involved early, the offense runs like clockwork. It runs like clockwork until Jay Cutler decides to be bad. Trey, let me ask you this. I don't know how much time you have, but let me ask you this. You guys have the Patriots in New England 
and then the Packers in Green Bay. Those are your next two games. Mm-hmm. You are at mm-hmm. a real risk of going to three and six. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Well, now it's, it's truly a must win. Actually, both of them. You may can stand to lose one of them, maybe one, but then you would have to go undefeated. But to me, it will be a more, it will be a bigger statement for the team to go and win both these games. You can't, you can't lose to the Green Bay and expect to even have a chance of winning the division. It doesn't work. Uh, Detroit has already won a bunch. So that right there, that game automatically is a must there. But still, this game against New England, you kind of need to win it because you don't need to go three and five. You go three and five, you you kind of in trouble. And and we're capable of beating both teams. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that makes you. That's the part that pisses you off. You're capable of beating both teams, but your team come out and play and play flat. Like why? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean you're saying it all. I mean I don't I I can't take any issue with what you're saying. Um, unfortunately, you guys are in trouble right now, and you're in a must-win situation at about the midpoint of the season. We're we're uh, inching up on week eight, and um, for those of us who haven't had a bye, this will be our eighth game, and that's half of the season right there. And if you guys hit the midpoint at three and five, you know. That's going to be hard to dig out of with going to Green Bay the very next week. And Aaron Rodgers right now, man, that dude is playing on another level. He's just he's Absolutely. playing insane, you know. And then you you take a look at Detroit. Detroit is down was down Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush the prior week they won. Then they were down Calvin Johnson and they still won. I give I I, I give all all kudos to Caldwell. Caldwell yeah. got Matthew Stafford throwing throwing to everyone now. You know, without Calvin Johnson, he doesn't have a choice. So when you look at Detroit, yeah, exactly. So when you look at Detroit with the way they're playing, Green Bay with the way they're playing, Chicago doesn't have a chance. And other NFC teams, they're tough. You got two in the NFC East. You got both the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing well. Then you look at the Seahawks, like they don't slip the way. I know you guys don't cover that, but they're slipping. But Arizona and San Francisco, they're both still there. They're not. There's yeah. not a third team coming out of the north. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, Dr. Train, you're right when you had mentioned earlier about coaching. I think you really hit the nail on the head because there's no difference from last year to this year. You don't get Forte going early. You want to throw the ball to start the game. You got to get Forte involved. That's either on the head coach and or the offensive coordinator. So I think you're right on point with that. Well, the coach is offense coordinator. It's his offense. They brought him in so that he could turn around the offense. They wanted to get someone. They wanted to get Jay Cutler going, so they brought him in. So now, really, I am starting to look at Mark Tressman, and I'm asking, like, do you coach in game, or do you only prepare for the games? Can you coach while the game is going on? Because you have to be able to adjust. And what's funny is that I watch games, and it's just like everyone knows our game plan, but we have no idea what's going on on the other side of the ball. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing though, if they don't run against New England, they're doomed because New England's run defense is very bad. It's really the only weakness on defense is just their, Yeah, Mayo is out. They better they better get it going against them because if they're trying to pass against New England, it's just gonna be a long day. Here's my thing. When I look at New England, the Mayo is out. And you look at the cornerbacks, they got who is that? Darrell Reavers? Okay, they got one guy, but yeah. we got three guys. We got Marshall and Jeffries and Bennett. Somebody is going to be one-on-one. Somebody is going to be open. 
You need to find a way to get them the ball. I don't know how you do it, but you need to find a way to make it happen. Well, I don't disagree yeah. with you, and 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 you know, I will stick by what I've been telling you for weeks. Um, you've got two stud wide receivers. If those guys are getting targeted more, you, the defenses are going to have a hard time because you can't double both of them. You're either going to have to play mm-hmm. zone. Or you're gonna to have to one go one on one with one of them, and good luck if you don't got Revis or Sherman, you know, good luck, okay. Absolutely. And then when that happens, when that happens, guess what? All of a sudden, I say, while Bennett will get some pass, he's also a great blocker. And now all of a sudden, you're Forte, you got lanes for Forte now. Now all of a sudden, your mm-hmm. offense to me starts to click. If that happens, if that doesn't happen, you're gonna get what you got. You may have a good game, but all in all, that's the that's and I believe, I mean, you would know better than me. That's kind of what you mm-hmm. guys did last year when you were second in the league in scoring. That was kind of the formula we were. last year. We were Forte was getting Forte had a phenomenal season last season, man. You know what I'm saying? He was he was balling the offense when when, when they said they hired Tristan and they they talked about Tristan's past, him being with Oakland, and I think the running back there then was was Charlie Gunner. How Charlie Gunner got up in his offense I was like, oh, Forte is good. Offense will go through him, but they're not doing it this year, or at least they're not. To me, they're not trying hard enough. Something's missing. They just got to run the ball with him more. It's really that simple. It's actually kind of what we we're talking about a little earlier. I mean, you need mm-hmm. to get a running game going. It opens yeah. up the passing. And fourth, it, you, you kind of nailed it on the head. Rushing attempts, first half of Miami. Last year's a success. A lot of it was derivative from Matt Forte getting the ball, you know, play action, all that good stuff. I'm sure they followed up with it. So. Right. So, so my last thing before I before I get off, I saw was uh, it sounded like you guys were on Bonafide Bonafront. Is that the session y'all was on right as I called in? Uh, well, that's next, but um, go that's ahead. Next. Well, I did I did see the one part on there on whether it was an is that question on there whether it was an upset, truly an upset against yes. Miami. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Yes, it's 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 bona fide that it was an upset. I'm sorry, Miami is not a better team than Chicago. Okay, they played better, and they beat us, but they're not a better team. So you damn right it's an upset. Mm. Okay, Coach matters, uh, as you say. I, I understand, but that doesn't mean it's not an upset. It's an upset. Tannehill, are you serious? Yeah, it's a, it's an upset from a well, it's an upset from a talent standpoint, surely, but. Miami has a clear, established game plan on both sides of the ball. They run the ball really well. Every and, team you know, that plays has got a clear, established game plan against Chicago. Uh, not been seeing this the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree. That's part of the team's makeup. It's coaching. Yeah, but I got to agree with Train. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, if these guys would have played next week, I'd, I'd go with, I'd go with Chicago. Would beat them. Um, you know, I think it's an upset. I don't, I don't think. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can't see Miami, um, you know, Tannehill, Tannehill isn't very good. And, um, you know, their their head coach really, frankly, isn't that good. Thank God that the Jets are in that division because, you know, the Jets will be bottom dwellers in that division. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I think it's – I don't think it's – I mean, let's let's be real. Chicago's got a better team. They just were outplayed and outcoached that one day. You know, and I think there are – there's concerns in Chicago right now, particularly because of the next two games you got coming up. You guys could be, you know, sitting there going, looking at three and six in two weeks. And 
you know, depending on what Detroit and Chicago and, uh, and Green Bay does, your season might be over in two weeks, and that that's not right. a good feeling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, guys, I'm at the Pima Air Force Base. About to take a look at some planes. This has been a cool conference. Uh, I did want to get in, get on for a few minutes. I appreciate the time. Well, we appreciate you making time, brother. We know life goes on even when the Madden voice is on the air. Thank you for uh, joining us for a few minutes, Dr. Train, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. All right, guys. Take care. All right, you too. All right, Train. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, before we do Bonafide or Bonafront, I'm going to um, allow JB to do his sound off because um, I need to take a minute. So, JB's I Bring the Mic. JB? The floor is yours. Appreciate it, Commissioner. I bring the mic is really going to be brought to the attention of trusting the numbers. And I am one that always goes with the numbers. You take a look at the stats. Numbers don't lie. One person told me a long time ago, figures don't lie and lies don't figure. And that really stuck with me. The rant I have, ironically, is really against myself because I told you all probably about two weeks ago that the Jaguars, their loss differential was trending down. They were getting beat by fewer and fewer points, and eventually was going to eke out a victory. They lost by two points last week, which means this week they would either lose by one point, tie, or win. And I had actually picked them to lose to the Browns. Now, conventional wisdom would say, yes, they should get beat. no, that's not going to happen. They're actually going to win, and that they did. So the rent I have, like I said, is really against me. I need to trust the numbers, and hopefully you all will too. Okay, Star? I mean, you can't really argue that. I have nothing to add. I, I missed it, so I got nothing to add either. What was it? What was the? <laughs> I had to, you know, go to the facility for a minute. Um, so, what was what was what was the gist of your trust the numbers, Jay? It's basically like I said to y'all before. The Jags were were losing by fewer fewer points, and conventional wisdom was going to say that they should get beat by the Browns. But looking at the numbers, trusting those numbers, it really was saying that they're going to beat the Browns. And my stupid self, not trusting the numbers like I normally do, went and picked the Browns, knowing that the numbers were telling me the Jaguars are going to win. What, what numbers exactly, were saying, but what numbers were saying the Jaguars are going to win? If you look, I think starting on week two, the numbers for the, the amount of the, the point differential was decreasing every single week, week after week oh. after week. Last week, I think they lost 16 to 14. And then you would think the Browns are going to beat the Jags. I mean, come on, really? But Jags end up beating the Browns. And what that always, Who freaking knows? There's always trends, right? But you know, and the differentials coming down, meaning Jacksonville's playing better. But at the end of the day, you, the, the the fact of the matter is, that Cleveland was winning games. They absolutely actually destroyed my Steelers, and their running game, if you follow that trend, was a big reason as to why they should have beaten Jacksonville because Jacksonville couldn't stop the run. Uh, and Cleveland, exceptional running the ball, but I think we all underestimated the injury to Alex Mack, their center. Maybe that had something to do with it because their run game was absolutely stifled. Yeah, uh, and I think that's probably it because 
I I, I have absolutely no problem with my pick of the Browns considering what they did to the Steelers and considering the Jags were 0-6. 6 is 0-6. So, you know, I felt very comfortable picking Cleveland to win this game. Despite trends and patterns, I would would pick them again. If they played right now, I'd pick Cleveland to beat them. I don't think the Jags are a very good team. So... No, I don't think so either. And like I said, picking the Browns, I did the same thing too. I'm not guilty of it either. But there's, <clears throat> I'm going to go out on a little bit of the limb. And I'm not saying this is going to be the turnaround that's going to happen overnight. But I think things are not because they won and beat the Browns, but Jacksonville, even though they're 1-6, they're, they're, they're not as bad. They're bad, don't get me wrong, but they're not quite as bad as we make them out to be. The defense is playing better. All they got to do is is cut down on the turnovers and get a consistent run game. They could use an upgrade in, in receivers. The process is going to take a while. I'm not saying it's going to be this year, next year. It may even be the, the year after that. But they're starting to get a little bit of cohesiveness there. And they, they could at least be competitive. I mean, in prior years, it would be a laughingstock all the time. I don't think they're going to be quite as much the laughingstock moving forward. You are what your record is. They're one and six. They're one and sixteen. Period. Uh, it, it, that's it. You know, whether they lose by two points every game, I mean, we could we could make an argument that the Saints, who are two and four, could be five and one or six and zero. Oh. We could make that argument based on the closeness of the games. But guess what? They're two and four. Well, not not six and zero. Oh, five and one. Definitely, we could make an argument. But they're two and four. And starting to look like a two and fourteen. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, Jay. But you know what? My years of watching football tells me that that what Bill Parcells said years ago is absolutely true. There's a reason why you're one and six, and they could be trending to be improving. And um, yeah, 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 but what does that mean at the end of the day? You know, how does that? You're taking it a little bit out of context. What I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say. They're going to be good this year. I'm not trying to say that because they got this one win, they're going to turn the ship around. I'm just saying that they're slowly building something down there that hopefully years down the road they can look to be more competitive than what they have in years past, unlike Oakland, who has just been the the doormat of the AFC West. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe. I I don't know that I even agree with that, but, I I, I mean, I don't, you know, you're you're predicting, you're, you're, we thought Your, Cleveland was going to be something, and now they're turned into something. So anything well, possible. But did they did they turn into something? I mean, have well, they turned into something? So far this year, so far, like you said, the record is what what it is right now, and they're a lot better than what we all thought going into it. Yes, they are. They're, well, I, I don't know that we. I I I think we were tossing up between Cleveland and Pittsburgh uh, being the worst team in that division, and I think so far that's pretty much on point right now. Um, now, Cincinnati just laid an egg, so we'll see what that means for Cincinnati, but they didn't have A.J. Green, so we'll see. But I think we've been pretty consistent that those two teams right now, that Ravens are the class of that division. Cincinnati was in that discussion, but now A.J. Green is a factor. He's he's a, he's a phenom. But I, I don't think that we that we counted Cleveland out. Cleveland had a decent defense. They had a run game. They just had the, the quarterback issue. Was it going to be Hoyer? Was it going to be Manziel? I didn't believe in Hoyer. Frankly, still don't believe in Hoyer. I think Manziel is going to get his shot. Um, but I don't think we were that far off. Um, my problem with predictions beyond this year is 
We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. We don't know what's going to happen in the draft. We don't know what's going to happen with trades. You know, there's just so much that can happen in an NFL team just from year to year that I, I there's no way to know what Jacksonville is going to be next year. So, you know, this year, you know, they got a nice win over a, a surprise win over Cleveland. Um, you know, we'll see them in, in London in a few weeks. So we'll see how they fare up against, you know, the Cowboys. Uh, they got Miami. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, but they could literally end up playing Dallas and sitting there at one and eight. You know, because Miami, you know, that's kind of, you know, they're both Florida teams. So how much home field advantage do you really get? And then I don't think they're going to beat Cincinnati because we know A.J. Green's going to be back this weekend. So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I guess my point is. My my point is, I don't know that I agree with the, the trending. I think the eye test to me and what I saw was an 0-6 team playing a team that just whooped up on the Steelers. So I have no problem with that pick. Despite whatever else you may have seen, I have no problem with my pick. I would pick them again. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's, that's my yeah. only point. Yeah, that's no problem. No problem. I'm just saying, I'm just going to keep an eye on them and watch them. That's all. All right. All right. You do that. I got, I got better teams to watch. But anyway, um... All right, K-Star. Bonafide or Bonafront? All right, let's get to it, guys. You know the segment. You know the situation. Bonafide or Bonafront? Let's start. Let's revisit the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Listen, I mean, the the Chargers were were arguably first on top of – it's first in some people's power rankings, none of which are on the phone right now. Uh, Train had number one, and and they they got toppled by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs – Ladies and gentlemen, are currently right now sitting at three and three, five hundred. Um, but with the way they've been playing, we saw what they did to to Tom Brady and the Patriots. People were literally asking if, if you know Tom Brady's done. So with that, I present to you guys, Chiefs, as a playoff contender, is that bona fide or bona front? Now, when I say contender, I mean, would you give them the odds of say sixty forty making the playoffs? Are they a team that has a shot in the dark or is likely? To make the playoffs, and to me, uh, they're likely in the sense that I they're, they're they're bona fide for me because here's the thing: they can rush the passer. They just got Eric Berry back. They just had a big division win at San Diego. They, you know, they still had Jamal Charles and now Davis. They still have a very proficient team. Um, now they may be you know two games back from Denver. We don't expect them to win the division, but the wild card is certainly attainable. Uh, there is no real favorites to even win the wild card, as we all know. Uh, we would figure one would come from the AFC North. And one's definitely coming from the AFC West. However, the way Cincinnati is playing, we don't know. Um, and again, Kansas City is on a roll. And so for me, they're bona fide train. Uh, I'm not sure what he would have said for Kansas City, but T, what do you think? I mean, this is a team that you were uh, defending for a while last year, so I would assume you would say a playoff contender. Well, for, for, no, don't put words in my mouth. Last year was last year. This is another year. So whatever happened last year, they were 9-0 and at one point, and they deserved to be defended at 9-0. and They were undefeated. Uh, that was a year ago. Now it's another season. Um, secondly, you, you, make, you, you, know, you, you come on this show and you make these little statements, and no one else catches them, but I do. Um, you don't know that AFC North is going to have a wild card team. You don't know. You said a few weeks ago that the NFC East wouldn't have two wild card teams. And I said, how do you know that? Okay, so we don't know. Right now, three teams could come out of the AFC West. Did last year, could this year, but we don't know. So 
I think, bona front, I don't think three teams are going to come out of the AFC West this year. I think Denver, we can all agree, they're, they're going to coast on through and they're going to be playing. They're going to be one of the top teams in the AFC, if not the top team. They're, they're, you know, it could be home field advantage or, you know, they're looking at three, 13 and three. I mean, they're just so doggone good. You, you can't deny Denver. Okay. So let's just, let's just not even talk about Denver. Um, my, I have two teams that I don't know what to think of. And that's the chargers and the Steelers because the chargers are the Cowboys of the AFC have always had a lot of talent, have a, a quarterback can, can light it up at any time. But when it comes to crunch time, they haven't always delivered as a team. So I want to believe in them. Phillip Rivers is playing out of, out of his mind. They should be getting Ryan Matthews back in the next few weeks, and they're going to need that. So I want to believe in them, but history is, history is saying, should I? So if I believe in the Chargers, if I say, okay, division game, they lost by a field goal, um, you know, they're 5-2, and two, so then that's two teams there. Colts going to win their division, in my opinion. Patriots win their division. Okay, so that's four teams. Ravens, let's just assume they hold on and win. That's five. We've got one left. So who's going to get it? Is it going to be your Steelers? Is it going to be the Bengals? Is it going to be the Chiefs? Could the Texans, who have lost some close games, resurge? So there's four teams right there. And, hey, the Bills are sitting at four and three. Kyle Orton's got two wins. I don't believe in them, but it is what it is. So there's five teams all in the same conversation as Kansas City. So for that reason, because there's so many options at this point, I'm going to say bona front. And, and the other reason is I will go back to last year and just say great start at 9-0, and and then you finished off, what, 2-5 and the last seven games? So I don't even have a reason to believe that they can get on a roll and win six out of their last eight or whatever. So, no, nah, I, I just I'm not buying Kansas City. Great win over – over the Chargers, but am I buying them as a playoff team? Uh, no, I'm not buying. JB? At this juncture of the season, I would have to say uh, bona front. I think there's just too many teams in front of them right now. Um, there's too many possibilities out there for them to at least fall in the seventh place or, or further. So, um, the bona front, it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in as a six, but I I just don't see it. Yeah, one thing I will say though, um, their their upcoming schedule pretty easy. I got it. I mean, at home, St. Louis, at home against the Jets, at at you know the Buffalo Bills. I mean, we'll see. Definitely an interesting team to watch though, uh, as they nodded that big win over the Chargers. Uh, we, we already touched on this one. Um, but it was about the Browns, Jags, one five result or fluke. Uh, I think we all went through that. Um, T, you said you said fluke on the front. Just yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I frankly believe that um, it, it's just it's the NFL. I, I should get the soundbite from Chris Berman. That's why they play the games on any given day. A team could come up and get tired of losing and put it together. And um, I think that's what you had, a team that was tired of losing, put it together. And uh, the Browns still is a little unsettled at the quarterback position, in my opinion. I heard rumblings that uh, the thought of putting Manziel in crossed his mind. Well, guess what? Since you went public with it, it was more than a thought, my brother. Don't give me this, I didn't do it because Hoyer is my starter. Oh, no, you put it out there in the press for a reason. 
that means there's shakiness going on in the quarterback position. So that say, I think the Browns are just head-to-toe a better team than the Jag. I think good win for the Jags, but I think it was a fluke. And, JB, you said bona fide because you saw, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but after the fact, the trend and, down, and you know, where it was kind of going, correct? Well, I mean, from a trend perspective and, and looking at the numbers, I would say bona fide. But that's, again, let me stress this again, only looking at the trend numbers and, and the fact that it was a very strong coincidence seeing how that trend was playing out. That's the only reason. But overall, yeah, it, it's a fluke. The Browns are a better team from top to bottom. Don't don't take that away from me because that's the, I'm I'm agreeing with that. They are a better team. If you pick it nine times out of ten, Browns would probably win. But again, just to, looking at the numbers, that's all I was saying. Uh, for me, it was bona fide for a much different reason. I actually, you know, last week I said that the Browns let's not give them shoe and wins. I don't think they're there. Um, you guys chalk it up to me being salty, but the quarterback play is an issue, and we saw what happened. They don't get that run game going. They are very, very average in their defense. It's not what we thought they would be coming into the season. Um, what we once thought was strength is now liabilities. They cannot stop the run. Denard Robinson ran all over them. That's ridiculous. Um, so, bona fide for a much different reason. More of a belief in the Browns being the Browns and the fact that they are cursed and not a good football team. <clears throat> and the Browns uh, and the Browns happen to be in your division. So, anything you can do against a division opponent, you're going to do anyway. So. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you could chalk up for that. I will argue that I see them play more than anyone else here. So, yeah. uh, I will agree with you. You said earlier in the segment about uh, was it Alex Mack, the the center. I can't remember his full name. Uh, yeah, him going down. That 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 may be uh, a detriment to them moving forward. That that is going to be something to keep an eye on. Absolutely, that's we probably didn't get enough uh, attention last week. It's big injury. Uh, but next we have, and we touched on this a little bit while Trent was here, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're, they're just better than the Bears. Was it really an upset? That's the statement. That's the question at hand. And, guys, I actually picked the Dolphins on this team. So, for me, this wasn't an upset. And the only reason why I say this is not an upset, if you look at, speaking of Trent, how you know Miami played at home against the uh, Packers, they should have won that game. They let it slip. But they are a team that runs the ball very well. They know who they are. We 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 make fun of Ryan Tannehill, but he's playing much better, at a much higher level than uh, Jay Cutler is. Um, you look at how well Mike Wallace is playing. The defense is awesome. That pass defense. Listen, we saw what they did Tom Brady week one, um, and really their, their pass defense all year has been very uh, tough to deal with. Cameron Wake coming off the edge is a force and a man child. So for me, it wasn't that much of an upset. Again. While talent standpoint, they're not quite there with Chicago. The fact of the matter is they're just a better coach team. They have a better game plan. They are, you know, who they are. So, for me, uh, they are better than the Bears. That is a totally bona fide statement because coaching matters. Just so you guys know, all y'all using my coaching matters from last year, that was that was, that was Commissioner T. I don't want to run it. Oh, yeah, trade. no, that's for a reason. It's trademark. It's very trademark. facetious. Yeah, yes. it's facetious. It's, well, it's true. It's just, but anyway. Uh, I already stated to me that it, that that the, I think the Bears are a better team. I think that they had a they uh, a poor day, a poor game plan. Um, but a poor game plan, you know. I mean, you think the Rams are a better team than the Seahawks? I don't think anyone would would take that yet. They outcoached them that one game. Doesn't mean they're better. They just outcoached them, outplayed them that one game. I think this is the same type of situation. I think the Bears, top to down, are a better team than 
the Dolphins. But on this particular day, they didn't bring it. The Dolphins did, um, which is disappointing because the Bears were home. Um, um, but so th- that's my feeling on it. Um, JB? You know the Bears, right, real quick, you know the Bears haven't won a home game yet this year? That's just... That's I, 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 I do know that. <laughs> Trust me, if, if Train had been on... Uh, there's a few more things I want to say about the Bears, but I, I knew Train didn't have a lot of time, so I'll just do it. Yeah. You can catch it on a podcast, but go ahead, JB. JB, did we lose you? No, I'm here yet. I was saying that I, I agree. I was going to touch on that too. It's a home game for the Bears, and you've got Cutler that's healthy. You got Alshon Jeffrey that's healthy. You've got Brandon Marshall that's healthy, and you've got Matt Forte that's healthy. I'm sorry. When you've got those guys that are healthy, you should be winning the majority of the games. And with the Dolphins heading north, out of the warm weather, granted it's only October, but still it's starting to get a little cool out there. Bears should have won that game. They just didn't show up for whatever reason. If I think it was coaching, as, as Dr. Crane has spoke to it before, they didn't win, and they should have won that game. Fun little fun right. fact. Uh, Miami Dolphins actually ranked first right now in total defense. The NFL did not know that defense was that good, statistically. Mm. Interesting, mm. interesting takeaway. Yeah, but that's yards, right? Uh, it's it's yards and points there. 15th, and in past defense, they are second. Yeah, yard, yards. Yards is, is so deceiving, though. I'm not saying it's – I'm not taking anything away from it. I don't care whether it was Dallas. It's just yards I, are just so deceiving. But um, I, I think agree. Miami does have a decent defense, though. I, I, I won't dispute that. Um, real quick, though, um, what was that, JB? No, I was saying no question. I, I completely agree. They got a stout defense. Yeah. Um, but just real quick on the Bears. Um, um you know, and I didn't want to, you know, train is at his conference, you know, so, you know. But the Bears are in trouble. And and, and oh, yeah. they're in trouble. And, you know, it, it it is it is you know, I get I get into these disputes with you guys and then pretty much without fail you come back later and say, Well, good good God to you, you knew what you was talking about. Now we sat here on this very show and Train said, why ain't I listening to him? Because he knows his bears, and I don't know what I'm talking about. And yet, exactly what I said is the problem. They are not running the ball. They are not throwing it to the wideouts. They, they, they are not using the weapons that they have. And when Forte and then Bennett are your top two receivers, when you have Jeffries and you have uh, Marshall, when you have those two guys and your top two receivers are your tight end, who's on his third team. It's not like he's a first-round draft pick that you picked up, you know, and he's going to be your franchise. This guy's on his third team, and you're, and you're running back. There's a problem there. And this is what I've been saying to Train, that there's too much talent on that offense for them to be three and four and to be losing, only scoring 13 points or 14, whatever it was. As Brandon Marshall How many was it? I don't even know. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I think Train said last week, but I could be wrong, when we talked about Doug Baldwin, I have to go back and listen. They had a problem with Baldwin. He had a problem with what Baldwin said, but he thought it should be kept in the locker room. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what he said. <laughs> but yet, Brandon Marshall, he said, I had no problem with that. And that's why I specifically yeah. said. So even though he called him out, nope, I didn't have a problem with it. Well, now Train has come around to my side of the thinking. Because sometimes I do think you have to call out players to wake them up. I think you do have to do that. Is it the preferred method all the time? Absolutely not. You have to know your team, know your players, know your coach, know your dynamics. And what is your role on the team? Brandon Marshall is a leader on that team. 
Cutler has never been a leader on that team. Not Sorry. at all. Absolutely not. Marshall is a leader on that. I can't wait to watch Inside the NFL tonight because y'all know Brandon Marshall's on Inside the NFL, and it's on right now. Came on at 9 o'clock. Oh, wow. Recording it. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what they Oh, that's going to be fun to watch. I, I, ooh, I mean, I wish we could have simulcasted it because I want to hear what he had to say. Now, of course, he's going to downplay it. And Jay's my man. He's my quarterback. Boom, boom, boom. You know, we're we going we gonna to get to Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback. You know, we're going to get all of that. But the bottom line is this, and then I'll move on. If they don't run the ball and throw it to those wide receivers, they're not going to win many games. And that's what I was trying to say. And secondly, Cutler has got, and I've, I've been on his butt for the last few years, he got to step up and lead that team. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. And the one thing I can say about the four horsemen, as I label them, and I'll even throw Luck in there as the fifth horseman, those five quarterbacks are leading their teams. They are the leaders of those teams. Cutler ain't the leader on that team. Not even close. The guy wouldn't even yeah. do a post-game interview after that loss to Miami. That's disgusting. Cutler's a jerk. Oh, it's just it's ridiculous. You've got I, – I, I see Manning out there every week. I see Luck out there. I see Romo out there every week. I see Rodgers out there. Win, lose, whatever. They are out there every week. Eli Manning is out there every week interviewing. And, you know, yep, and, you know, we got our butts kicked and do-do-do. Cutler, oh, no, I'm not going to interview. What? Quarterback. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he needs to – he needs to – Two cents in. And by the way, side note: this game was so disgusting for me. By the way, because not only you know are they not feeding these receivers, but for anyone who has Alshon Jeffrey in fantasy football, and you play, man, don't even talk to me. I got him. I got him too, man. Oh god. Oh god. I'm in a very, very important league of mine as well, and he just two catches for nine yards. Not only is that awful in fantasy, but that's just you you can't win. This is why the Bears got destroyed. Stuff like this. This is ridiculous. It needs a change. Ugh. Why? Why are either one of you surprised? He didn't just get into the year. This, this is who he is. This is who Jay Cutler is. That's not going to change. Listen, I just lost a very close game. I believe it was to my brother. Right, Jay? WSG. Yeah, EFL league. Yes, that is correct. I lost by fourteen one hundredths of a point. And Alshon Jeffries on my team. Oh, my God. If he had had an even decent game, I win that. I win that. Now, I left some points on the bench, so I'll take blame. But Jeffries was in my starting lineup, and I get 2.9 points from him. So, I feel your pain, K-Star. I lose by my brother by less than half a point. The final score was 94.32 to 94.18. And you know what? If I'm going to lose to anybody, I'm glad it was my brother. So congratulations on the win because, you know, but still sucks because we're very competitive. I, he don't want to lose to me, and I don't want to lose to him. So, but now I got to lose. Knowing that Jeffrey played a game like that, and it, I mean, it's not his fault. It's Cutler's fault. It's Green's fault. Are you kidding me? Kidding me? This is what we see out of Jay Cutler year in and year out. I mean, going back to what we originally said, you're right. Eli does the interviews. Aaron Rodgers does the interviews. Peyton Manning does the interviews. That's not Jay Cutler. The, the the Bears need to have a leader. And that leader to me is Brandon Marshall. I don't hear anything. I wish Matt Forte would actually step up and be a little bit more vocal, to be honest with you. He is, he's he been there the longest and has been the most consistent offensive player they have had 
since since he started in the league. Yeah, but you need your quarterback. You need color. You need color. You need color. Yeah, you need your quarterback to 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 lead. Now, Tony, you guys can point the finger at him. You you can talk about the vacation, and if you do that, it's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. We lost to the team. All right, that's enough of that. I just thought I, I thought I, I thought I'd play it. I thought I'd play it. To love you, man. Love you, man. Um, but anyway, train. Hey, you know, next week you come on and agree with us, disagree with us. Um, we we love you as a, as a co-host and a brother. Um, but but yeah, your quarterback. We 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 coming after him right now. I, I've come after him at different times on the show, but I always come around and defend him because he gets put in the same category as Romo, and I feel for him. But the difference is, like I said earlier, is when I look at the top quarterbacks, they step up. They step up, and and if they didn't play well, they're there. And sometimes your boy just doesn't do that, and that's just not cool. It's just not cool. All right. Um, um, Yeah, okay. So so my rant is um, I got to play this clip. I don't know how much of it I'm going to play, but I love holding people accountable. So this is the combination of me – I mean, there's so many things on first take that I can call them out for, but I didn't have time to go find clips. I've actually had a pretty busy couple of days, but there's so many things that I could that I could that I could call them out for. Um, but this is a, a clip that I got a while back, and I want to play some of it and, and then address it. So just just it, but this is not first take. This is another commentator. Dallas quarterback Tony Romo has always had his critics. Now former Super Bowl winning quarterback. Joe Theismann is joining that list. I'm Kerry Chow, joined by Joe Theismann on the phone. Joe, what sparked these comments regarding your thoughts on Tony Romo? Well, uh, Kerry, it was, it was the way he played uh, on Monday night. Um, it wasn't, you know, I've, heck, I threw five interceptions on my birthday down in Dallas, so it isn't the interceptions as much as, you know, the missed opportunities, uh, fumbling the football that wound up in the touchdown. I mean, not protecting the ball in the pocket missing Miles Austin, missing Des Bryant on, on what would have been touchdowns. Um, you know, Tony, I guess maybe my expectation of Tony is really high. And right now, he's average. I mean, you, you can list – I listed last night. I took the time to list the 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, and I had him right in the middle. And he shouldn't be there. And so when I say he's average, right, he is average. I mean, uh, you know – People say, well, last year he threw 35 touchdown passes, only 10 interceptions. Well, that was a year ago. And, and I think at the quarterback position, it's your job to elevate the football team. It, it, you can't be the guy that's making the mistakes that's costing your team an opportunity to win. And it's happened way too often and too many times in Tony's career. And so that's, that's why I took the position and said, look, he's average. And, and I would find anybody present to me facts that are opposite that, and, and I'll agree with you. But I think that Tony is really playing average football at best, and and that's not good enough for the Dallas Cowboys. There are certain teams in the National Football League that need to play at a high level. Dallas is one of those football teams because it is the bellwether. It's one of the bellwethers of the National Football League. So and I want to I want to and I want to clear up a comment, some comments that you know, with regarding Jerry Jones. Um, 
I said some things that were, were out of place. Jerry Jones has done more and as much for the National Football League as any owner ever has. It was his creative nature. It was his inventive nature that really got marketing going in the National Football League. He's got the biggest palace in the National Football League, the biggest venue. And um, he, you know, as an owner, he wants, just like Dan Snyder, just like Robert Kraft, just like every one of them, wants the best for their football team and goes about it that way. And I was, I was critical of Jerry and the, some of the decisions he's made, and, and I publicly want to apologize to him for those comments. But I still, on Tony, you know, I still think he's average. Gotcha. Now, Joe, going back to Tony Romo, you mentioned he's an average quarterback. You put him right in the middle. Where exactly, what quarterbacks would you put ahead of him, and who would surprise listeners and viewers as to who you would rank behind him? Well, I, I think a lot of the young guys. All right, that, that's enough of that. That's, that's, that's enough of that. The reason I play this is because the Cowboys host the Redskins Monday night, ESPN 830 Eastern Time. And Joe Theismann made these comments two years ago. Romo's this, Romo's that. He went on to say, and I just got bored listening to him, that um, he doesn't think the Cowboys – he he went on to say that something to the effect of the Cowboys will never win the big one behind Romo, that he doesn't he doesn't see it. It's been too long. He's not going to change. Something along those lines. I, I'm paraphrasing. And you heard the comments about Jerry Jones, right? And so now where are we two years later? You know, it's just like, be careful what you say. Where are we two years later? You make comments like what will never happen and what's not going to happen, right? You talked about Jerry Jones, but isn't Jerry Jones the general manager? And isn't he the one that orchestrated the draft, that created this offensive line that's doing so many good things for this team? Wasn't that Jerry Jones? And, you know, you heard K-Star and mine spirited debate earlier about um, Romo. Um, and, and even K-Star had to come back around several times and say, look, I'm not saying Romo isn't playing great. Okay, yes. so, so when we look at a player, let's be careful to differentiate between the long-term prognosis of what the player was, is, and will be, and what's going on right now. I said that Drew Brees and Tom Brady are not playing four horsemen like right now, although Brady is picking it up. Brady is he's, – he's starting to come back, so, you know, that that's kind of on the fence, but if you look at all – seven games that they played? No. Um, Breeze, absolutely not. Okay? And I said that I would put Romo and Rivers in there and replace them. K-Star said he'd put Luck in there. I don't really have Even though we went at it, I think Luck is in the conversation. I just think Romo's – I think Romo's fairly far ahead of Luck, in my opinion. But Luck's playing great, too. But the point is, is that when you make statements, it's now statements. Be careful of making statements that are long-term prognosis of what you think is going to happen. Because in the digital world, you're going to be held accountable. Commissioner T is going to hold you accountable. I, I, I'm going to make sure that you are, are – um, I'm going to find that tape. I'm going to bring it on a Madden voice, and I'm going to play it. And I'm going to say, well, what happened? Because what you said was this. You know, and that's why if you listen to the things that I say, they're always really pretty much right now statements. I really try to stay away from the long term, um, you know, because you just don't know. This is the NFL. I'm going to play another one real quick for you guys. Just, 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 just another one. This one's a little more recent. Stephen A. Smith. May I speak? Yeah, I thank you. Go ahead. This is straight from my heart. I'm no big Jason Garrett fan, as you well know, but he is ranked 10 rungs too low on this list. This list is outrageously <laughs> insulting to Jason Garrett. 
for many of the reasons my friend Ron Jaworski just made. You cannot rank unproven first-time head coaches above him. What an insult that is. That's, that's- all right, so because I don't, you know, I don't want to play the whole clip, and you can hear Stephen A. Smith laughing, and then Stephen A. Smith comes on and says that Jason Garrett should be ranked 31st in the league. This was before this season. That Jason Garrett, as a head coach of Dallas Cowboys, should be ranked 31st. Yes, Adam ranked 30th as far as head coaches in the NFL. Now, how stupid do they look? So be careful with your predictions and your prognostications because the commissioner here, the omniscient one, will hold you mm-hmm. accountable. And that's all I got to say about my rant. Let's go on to the power rankings. Well, um, I can ask you a question. Can I ask you a question. Absolutely. Because, absolutely. you know, you, you bring up the Cam Newton thing fairly often. I and do. it's definitely early. It's definitely early. But you know what? Where was my credit? Where was my credit when I told you early last season that I thought Luke, Luke Cukley was on pace to win or was going to win defensive of the NFL last season? I don't hear anything. You're supposed, you're supposed to bring it up. I, I, that's not my job. If you make a prediction oh that comes true, then you come on. You come on with your say yeah. with your chest, right? You come on the show and you say, "Hey, thought. hey, T, hey, T, you, you send me an email, send me a text, and say, hey, man, find that clip from the beginning of the season and play it on the show. I want my kudos because you know what, K-Star? The sun, the, you know, a broke clock is right, right twice a day. And you were right. You called Luke Cookley. Matter of fact, in my, my other league, he's a, he's one of my starters. Although he got thrown out. Although I still won the game without him. He got yeah, thrown out. Unjust. That was stupid. It was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. That it was, was just completely ridiculous. Oh, the guy's a beast, and you and you absolutely called that one. Yes, K-Star. I ain't got no problem admitting when you are right and you called it. You said this guy was going to be a beast, and he was defensive player of the year. And absolutely. I give you credit. Right. I know next time that I'll have to hustle and find the clip. Have to find the clip. Or, just, or just bring it up like it says out. If, if you if you make a prediction that goes for JB and that goes for Train, and and you and you guys are right, you know a, a bold prediction. I mean, don't say Denver's going to the Super Bowl and then want a pat on the back. I mean, really, but a bold prediction. Okay, hey, I give you credit for it, man. We the Madden boys. I ain't got no problem with that. All right, power rankings. Um, and you know, K Star brought up an interesting point. The Dr. Train. Had the Chargers number one last week, Broncos number two, and I called him out. He said, I can't believe because I didn't have the Cowboys number one. I'm getting all this flack. Well, where you at, Train? Because Chargers went down. So clearly, there's really, there's really two teams in the NFL right now and then everybody else. When you're looking at power rankings, there's really two teams in everybody else. And those two teams are the Broncos and the Cowboys. Um, and frankly, why the Broncos would be put ahead of the Cowboys right now, I don't understand. And, and yes, they both have one loss. Dallas has six wins. They're the only team in the NFL with six wins. Now, I get it, bye weeks, but that's not Dallas's fault. Dallas won that game that, that Denver and some of their teams haven't even played yet. Now, will Denver win this? Probably, I don't know, but they haven't even played it yet. So I'm sorry. I, anybody that would put Denver first, to me, I don't get it. But, hey, I, I, it's not a huge issue, but it is one that confuses me because – Six and one, five and one. I, I don't see it. But anywho, um, so if you look at Bla- uh, Bleacher Report, they had Cowboys one, Broncos two, Colts three, Packers four, Ravens five. NFL.com, Broncos one, Cowboys two, Eagles three, Packers four, Colts five. ESPN, Broncos, Cowboys, Eagles, Colts, and Cardinals. Okay, so you see pretty much you've got about. Seven teams uh, apprising the top 
the top five. And when you looked at our rankings, it was pretty similar to having about seven teams or so, pardon me, comprise the top five. So um, without further ado, the TMV NFL par rankings um, through week seven are as follows. The number five team are the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. The number four team are the Philadelphia Eagles, five and one. They just had a bye week. The number three team are the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals and the Eagles will be playing um, this weekend. Promises to be a heck of a game. And the good news is you got two one-loss teams, so one of them's going to two losses. Um, number two on the TMV NFL par rankings are the Denver Broncos. And number one for the second week in a row is, yes, my very own Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? They are number one. The Cowboys host the Vikings. Monday night. That is not a game that we will pick, but my brief comments are Colt McCoy. Going, that's what I said. Didn't I say that? I didn't say Redskins? Uh, what did I say? Oh, I, I thought I said. Okay. Uh, no, they're playing the Redskins Monday night. And my brief thought on that game is be careful, Dallas, because you don't have a lot of film on Colt McCoy. Um, I, I would have been, I'm okay if RG3 comes back. <laughs> uh, Cousins ain't, ain't starting. Um, I'm okay if they play RG3. I, I think I think they'll. I, I'm not worried about RG3 at all. Um, I'm worried about Colt McCoy because they don't have a lot of film on him. Um, I'm not too concerned, but I'm a little worried about them. So Dallas, just be careful with that game. Just do what you've been doing, and you should come out with a win. But anyway, all right. So let's see. We did all of that. Butterfly Bonafide. Front. Uh, we did everybody's rant. Um, all right. Um, Let's see. MVP. Let's go to JB for your weekly MVP. Yeah, my weekly MVP is actually going to be off the uh, mark a little bit. It's Denard Robinson from the Jags. First 100-yard game contributed to in the Jags' first victory. So congratulations to them and to Denard Robinson. All right. And K-Star, your MVP? Before I put on my MVP, I just shout out and kudos to JB for being so Jags, you know, just driven today. Just bringing attention to the Jacksonville Jaguars in positive light now that they finally turned in. Yeah, one and six. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm being sarcastic. Um, Yeah, for me, it's St. Louis. Wait, 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 wait. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Love that clip. Okay, go ahead. Okay, sir. Y'all can clown me. Go ahead. Keep on clowning me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, guys, the biggest upset of the weekend, not Jacksonville game, but it was actually the Seattle Seahawks St. Louis Rams game. The Rams special teams unit, their coaches are the MVP for me of the weekend. I mean, they manufactured two incredible plays. Uh, one that sealed the game, and one that put them in a position to control the game. And that was the fake special teams. That was terrific. I don't know how legal it was uh, with the fake fair catch on the opposite side of the field, but whatever. It was awesome. And then that fake play design where they had a fake punt pass uh, was just was just awesome. So to to the to the coaching staff and the special teams unit, 
kudos. Hat is off to you. You guys are the MVP. All right. Yeah, that was, that was a great win. And I agree with that. I agree. That was a good MVP. I like that. All right. Let's go through our pickums, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, this week, Train was 5-1. and one. JB was 5-1. and one. K-Star was 5-1. and one. And Commissioner T was 4-2. and two. The overall results through... Uh, through seven weeks, train is up on by one game at twenty seven and fourteen. We all had a tie, so we got rid of that. Um T and J B are tied at number two at twenty six and fifteen. And K Star um has gained another game, so he's now only one game behind um me and Jay and two games behind Train at twenty five and sixteen. So we all have um above average uh records and uh we're all doing fairly well. So, you know, if you guys listen to us and you're in pick 'em leagues, you guys might do pretty well because we seem to know what we're talking about, um, particularly the omniscient one. But anyway, um, let's go on with our picks. Um, arguably the game of the week um, between this one and the Eagles game, but um, probably lean towards this game. Um, the Chargers, although they just had a loss traveling to Denver division game, Chargers at 5-2 and two at Denver 5-1. and one. Uh, Let's go with JB first. I'm going to go with the Broncos uh, playing at home. It's going to be a close one. I expect the Chargers to play well, but I think the Broncos are too much. Okay. And uh, K-Star? I'm going with the Broncos. Last year, uh, San Diego gave them fits because they ran the ball extremely well uh, with Ryan Matthews. And, um, you know, the Broncos' rush defense is top five this year. They are really strong against the run. They've been absolutely suffocating against teams who have tried that strategy, and so I'm going to go with Denver. I think that they hold down the home court. Yeah, Denver's home. Enough said. All right. Uh, the Chicago Bears in a must-win situation. Oh, I'm sorry. On that game, uh, uh, Train is actually picking the Chargers to upset. Mm-hmm. I, I would call that a minor upset, the Broncos. So Train is actually going with the Chargers, going against the grain on that one. Um, the Bears... Uh, in a must-win game at the Patriots. Needless to say, Dr. Train has picked the Bears. Uh, K-Star. I'm going New England. I actually just read that uh, – I'm sorry. um, Chandler Jones, the leading sacker uh, in New England, is actually out for a month. So that's a big big relief for the Bears uh, in their past happy ways. But I'm going to go at New England. They're playing really well. Uh, Bears just – they're just dysfunctional right now. I really don't know what they're doing. So New England at home gets the nod from me. JB? Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots, too. They're at home. They've got about a week and a half worth of rest. Um, Bears, are, Bears are going in the opposite direction. So I'm taking the Pats. Uh, Pats are home. Bears dysfunctional right now. Too many issues. Although I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind. And I guess we could all change our minds. Um, between now and then, I want to see the Brandon Marshall interview on on a uh, uh, Showtime, um, but I, I probably won't. So, Pats. And what's interesting is Train could lose his pick'em lead because we already have two games that he is gone in a different direction than the rest of us three. So either he's going to extend his lead or he's going to lose it completely. Um, Seahawks at the Panthers. Uh, JB. You know, I think Seahawks finally wake up. Um, I think that that defense steps up. I think that, again, Russell Wilson brings that team together. The uh, 
Percy Harvin issue, I think, is in their rear view, and maybe they'll be able to play some Seahawks football and uh, go in and take one against the Panthers. K-Star. Uh, I like Seattle. I mean, they're just a better team. The Panthers' defense is just absolutely a joke right now. Uh, Seattle gets this, gets it done for me and gets back on the win, in the win tally. There's no way on this planet that this team's going to lose three games in a row. It's just not going to happen. It just is not going to happen. I don't care who they playing. It could be Denver. It could be Dallas right now. They're not going to lose three games in a row. So I'm going with Seattle. Um, Dr. Train is going with the Panthers on this one. Wow. <laughs> so either, Did he run any explanation is, at all? Uh, no, no, no. He just sent in his picks. No explanation. Um, oh, so okay. I, I don't have it. I have no explanation from him. But yeah, like I said, either he's going into tank on the pickums, or he's going to extend his lead like crazy. Um, yeah. All right. Ravens at the Bengals. Um, Train is picking the Bengals if A.J. Green plays. If A.J. Green doesn't play, then he's going with the Ravens. So that's his pick. Um, K-Star, this is your division. Who do you you got? I I love the Ravens in this matchup. Whether A.J. Green plays or not to me is not an issue, only because the Ravens – listen, the Ravens last year got spanked at Cincinnati. They – while they're riding high right now, riding on positive momentum. Uh, it's more of a must-win game for Cincinnati, but to me it doesn't matter. The Ravens have more than enough motivation in this divisional matchup to win, and I think they get it done at Cincinnati, so I like the Ravens. Yeah, I like the Ravens too, um, A.J. Green or not. Um, A.J. Green has a toe issue. Um, toe issues for wide receivers are big deals. So even if he's there, he's going to be a bit tentative on that foot. Um, I don't expect him to have a monster game just coming back from a toe injury. So um, I'm going with the Ravens. Uh, JV? Sign me up, Ravens. So if A.J. Green plays, this will be the fourth game that train it goes completely against the grain <laughs> on us. Um, all right, this is an interesting game. Uh, Eagles at five and one, going to play the Cardinals at five and one. Um, two teams in most people's top five in the NFL. Uh, JB, what do you think? Ooh, this is going to be a tough one here. Um, Eagles are coming off of a bye, correct? Yeah, and I don't know what the record is after a bye. I wish I had known. I'm, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think that they're playing at home. I think any time a team comes off of a bye, they have a tendency to be a little lackluster. Some teams no, other teams yes. I'm going to go with the Cardinals, though. K-Star? Okay, <sighs> Man, I struggle with this one. Um, I'm going to go with Arizona. And for me, it's they, they're terrific against the run uh, within the top five there. And, you know, Philadelphia, their whole existence predicates starting off, you know, the game with LaShawn McCoy, a healthy dose, and getting play action going. I like Arizona to get it done here. Uh, Carson Palmer is just improving within each week from that injury he's had. So, Arizona. You know, this is a tough one. Um, you know, I want Arizona to win. But Eagles uh, play pretty well on the road. And um, I think, as much as I hate to admit it, they're gonna get. They're getting a little sick and tired of Dallas, 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 and it's gonna get under their skin. And um, they're coming off this bye, and they're kind of the forgotten team. 
You know, they're they're really not getting a lot of attention. Um, I think they they want to come out and play a solid team and make a statement that we're here too. And I think this is the game that they're going to do it. And I think as much as I, I think Foles is going to outplay Carson Palmer, um, and I think Shady McCoy is going to be the Shady McCoy that we know. He had a great game the last game before the bye week um, where they annihilated the Giants. Um, so I, I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going against the grain. And uh, uh, actually, Train has the Cardinals on this one. So, And uh, last but not least, let's go to K-Star. We have the Colts, the Steelers. K-Star? This is going to be an awesome game. Um, I expect to be a high-scoring affair. And, um, you know, I'm obviously Mr. Steeler. I'm going to go with my Steelers. I think that what gives us the best chance is the fact that the Colts defensively play a lot of man-to-man. And um, while Vontae Davis has been terrific, Antonio Brown is not guardable man-to-man. Uh, and Le'Veon Bell, I expect him to give him fits as well. And I'm Homer, so Steelers. JB? You know, you had mentioned before, K-Star, that Luck does more because he's asked to do more. And I think he's going to be asked to do more, and I think he's going to succeed in doing more. So I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Um, Steelers need to show me something. This is the game to show me something. This is the game for them to say, we're back, we're here. Um, so if, 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 if the Colts go in there and annihilate them, K-Star, you may want to get like, I don't know, get a, a high ankle sprain or something and miss next week's show. You ain't going to want to come on the show, man. You ain't going to want to come on the show. Um, I'm going, I'm going with the Colts. Uh, K-Star talked me into it with all of his Andrew Luck talk earlier. So, um. I'm going with the Colts and uh, train oh, is screwed awesome. No matter what, then I'm screwed. No, I'm screwed. No matter what, then next week I already see what's going on here. Why? Why you say that? Because if the Steelers win, are you going to bash me for the old Andrew Luck talk? Well, if the Steelers lose, I'm just going to get clowned anyway. So I'm. I see what you did there. Well played, sir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's why I'm called the omniscient one. You know what I mean? You just walked right into the dragon's lair and got bit. So, all right. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, guys. Uh, we're at the end of the show. Time for last comments. Um, JB, final thoughts and comments? Uh, my final thought is it was great being home. It was great uh, just hanging out with mom, obviously, my brother T, nieces. It was a uh, fun time. Looking forward to coming home again. And, and then uh, when I am home, We'll be able to watch some football and maybe um, take care of the show together, too. Sounds good. All right. Final thoughts, K-Star. I uh, just hope that, you know, Ryan Shazier shows me something this week. He's supposed to return, uh, and he was our first-round highly touted pick, and we really need him to perform well this Sunday because we're going to need all the defensive help that we can against the first-ranked Andrew Luck-led offense. So, go Steelers. Let's get it done. All right. Um, I will echo my brother's sentiments. It's, it was great to have him home this weekend, and uh, we are already trying to plan something special for when he comes back next month for Madden Voice. And, uh, you know, we went out and took my mom out and even got to see me on the microphone a little bit. K-Star still hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't heard my MC skills, but uh, my brother knows what I can do on the mic and uh, did a little bit, a bit of a little something, something uh, Saturday night. 
And uh, so many people made it special for my mom Saturday night as we still uh, try to celebrate my my father or our father's life. So um, it was was a great weekend and uh, really capped off at the end of the weekend by watching my Cowboys beat up on them Giants. And, uh, you know, I I must admit that there's still a piece of me that's feeling this is kind of surreal. Like, is this team really finally have they really finally arrived you know, I've, I've been sold so many bill of goods by my Cowboys over the last three years, only to end up at eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. And before that, it was Wade Phillips last year. He took the team one and seven. Jason Garrett came in, finished nicely, but too little, too late. So the last four years, three and a half under Garrett, we really haven't done anything. And now to just be sitting at six and one, considered one of the best teams in the NFL or maybe the best next to Denver or side by side with Denver. People already talking about it. Denver and Dallas going to meet in the Super Bowl, looking at the great game they played last year. And could we see a game like that? And just to, just to be in the hype of Super Bowl playoff postseason talk, six and one, Tony, just to be able to sit on this show and actually be able to debate K-Star on whether Tony Romo is an MVP candidate is is just surreal to me, and and to have him say, but yeah, Demarco Murray is like, wait a minute, that's my running back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I mean, this is just fabulous, and I can only hope that the Cowboys continue to do exactly what they've been doing. I don't expect you to go 15 and one. Okay, you you're gonna lose in there somewhere. You're gonna get a couple losses. I, I you know, I see 12 and four, maybe 13 and three, somewhere in there, maybe 11 and five. I don't know. Somewhere in there to see the same team play, the same effort, the same self selfless play. I expect that. And last but not least, we really, we really didn't touch on it, but congratulations to Marco Murray. Seven games starting the season, seven games of 100 yards or more. Nobody, not Jim Brown, not Walter Payton, not Emmett Smith, not Barry Sanders, not O.J. Simpson, not Eric Dickerson, not Adrian Peterson. Nobody in NFL history has done that. In NFL history, and you have done it, sir. Congratulations, man. It's it's kind of forgotten underneath the whole Peyton Manning 510 uh, uh, touchdowns, which does deserve top billing. I'm not saying it doesn't, but that's kind of been forgotten, and nobody with all those great – in the history of the game and all those great, and I missed a ton of great Jerome Bettis and I can go on and on. And yet you're the only one that's done that, man. Congratulations, man. Put your name in the record books like that. Great job. Great job. Congratulations. But let's keep it going, Dallas. Let's keep it going. All right. I want to thank JB. I want to thank K-Star. I want to thank Dr. Train for finding a few minutes to call in. Uh, We appreciate it. And, uh, hey, we'll be back here next Tuesday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. Enjoy the games. We're right about at midpoint, guys. We're right at getting at midpoint. Season's flying by. It's getting a little chilly out. So enjoy football. And remember, on the Madden Voice, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs>